Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 charger. <laughs> How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Yeah. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. People of the uh, Talking Tesla universe, it's Talking Tesla 184. It's a big show, a large show, a grand show, a huge show, a big show, bunt cake show. It's a, it's a galaxy sort of show. It's large and big and Joel Sapp's with us. And we've decided Mm-mm. against my better judgment also. <laughs> Which you don't actually Joel, have, just for the record. You don't actually have a better you. judgment. That uh, Joel should be a permanent part of the show because he brings this thing that some people call knowledge and facts, which huh. I, like a certain orange-headed person, don't think too much of. That used, to be, <laughs> Whatever. that used to be Robert's job on this show. I wonder what happened. <laughs> oh, no. I've been dragged down to the mean. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, first of all, Joel, I realized we didn't actually, and I don't know this, like who the hell are you, where the hell are you, what the hell do you do? Uh, in your life, so you're gonna have to which, give the which world. psychiatric hospital did you escape right. from to join us? So exactly. yeah, so thanks, thanks a lot. Um, so I live in uh, Massachusetts, and um, I think uh, I started following Tesla in 2005 or 2006, something like that. Holy hell! I uh, trying to remember based on where I lived, and that's about when it was. And you remember when you could do Google alerts and things like that to get you know, the news of different companies. And uh, when I was in high school, I did a report on uh, electric cars. And that's really when I've been sort of following that. Went to school for engineering. It's actually plastics engineering and uh, chemical engineering. Oh, you're off the show. And and now I'm, I, I work <laughs> as a sort of a consultant, um, like a business analyst consultant. Um, but just been interested in clean technology for a while. I have asthma, so I know we have uh, uh, an episode here about, or a little story about asthma coming up. And uh, I think that probably has something to do with this as well. I just like the idea of clean energy, clean transportation, and I look forward to a clean future. And uh, so that's, that's what brought me to this point here. And you were also um, one of the first people that was interacting with this ridiculous show uh, from, I don't know, five years ago. You started to chat with us early on. You crowned yourself the uh, president of the Talking Tesla Black yeah. Caucus, which I thought was a little bit forward, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, you sent, Diedrich, you sent uh, gifts. It didn't so. like that. And there's, a, there's no. other black folks. In fact, um, when I, I have family in D.C. and drove my Model S down to, to D.C., I saw a lot of black folks with Teslas, which around here I, you don't see as much in um, New England, but just in general, you don't see a lot of, uh, well, you don't see as many as you see in California. Actually, the very first Tesla I saw when I was, I was visiting uh, Napa and I saw a, one of the brown Model S's um, in Tesla, uh, a, a Model S, like a long, 
I don't even know when that, that was. That was early on. Brown, yeah. they haven't done since like 2014 or There's something. There's a reason yeah. for that. Y- yeah. I'm trying to remember when that was. <laughs> I- I'm glad I didn't say 2011, but was- my wife was pregnant with one kid when we were there. I thought that was 2013. Yeah. It, could it, was, it was super early, and I was like so, yeah. so excited. It was amazing. So you've uh, already categorized yourself in so many different ways that we could show up, but you're a geek. And uh, you've been following the show, and you bring a level of engineering knowledge, which, frankly, um, is upsetting, but uh, we'll have to deal with that <laughs> fact. We used to be able to say things without being checked. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> we can still make it so math, we don't have to do math here. So Yeah, I don't want any math. <laughs> we are not going to do math. You, however, may be forced to <laughs> do right. some math. <laughs> okay, That's right, in real time. So we have a branch point here, gentlemen, which we haven't talked about because we don't do a pre-show, you know, strategic planning. We just do this thing. We had an earnings call today, and I think that we should start off with the earnings call before all of this other ridiculous stuff that you have in this doc, which would be a whole show in itself. So I think we start with the earnings call, and then if that's too long, we just stop and we do this as a second show some other time. Joel was saying we should do an hour and a half show every day, but... It's come on, get a grip. <laughs> every every so other week. Any, anybody want to start with the earnings call? Just uh, like an overview, or there? I've I've got a couple of pearls. I had a question for everybody. Um, since Tom, I think, asked me the the one word question last time. If you all listened to the call, right? So, if you mm-hmm. if there was a song that would describe the uh, the shareholder call, what would that song be? I'll go to Mel first. Okay. Good day, sunshine. Good day. The Beatles. Um, Everything's good. We made cash. We're looking at a clean future. Everything's fine. Thousand points of light. It's all great. It's going to be great. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Okay. Tom? I'm going to have to go with a classic, The Sounds of Silence, because I didn't actually hear the earnings call because I was busy working today. Uh, but The Sounds of Silence is an amazing tune, so you're welcome. At least I'm honest. I could have lied. Mm-hmm. That would have worked. Okay, Robert. I, you know, what I took away from the call was all about batteries. Pressure, no, pressure, pressure Give me a batteries. song. No, a Ooh, song, dude. I know. I'm trying to think Play of a the song game. that's... Has to do with pressure. There's oh, a Metallica there's... song <gasps> called Battery. That was a good one. Battery. How about Under Pressure? Or Billy Joel Pressure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 pressure. Is that, is that the name of the song? I'll have to yeah. prepare yeah. next time, but that sounds good for me. Yeah, it definitely was Pressure with Batteries. All right, Joel, back at you. What song are you going to choose? Um, My Shot from uh, Lin-Manuel Noriega. Um, not Noriega. Oh, yeah. uh, Miranda. Noriega. Manuel. <laughs> Every time I say Manuel, I always say Noriega. Um, I think um, Tesla is not... America. I think Tesla is not throwing away their shot. Um, they're, they're going after it. Uh, three uh, locations where they're uh, doing uh, construction uh, and made profit. And I had to pay down um, Elon's... Um, what in three hundred uh, compensation million dollar compensation thing? Yep, uh, and you know, uh, and still made a profit. So I, I say they're not throwing away their shot. They're young, scrappy, and hungry, and they're not throwing away their shot. Mm. Yeah. Like so uh, one thing we haven't wants... talked about in a while, and I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. One thing we yeah, haven't just talked talk about. Just talk over me. That's fine. You're talk welcome. Over. 
Um, well, now that there's four of us, there's going to be a lot more of that happening. I have a yeah, feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I believe it's we're great. on. A I'll just jump right in here and say blah, blah blah blah. <laughs> but one of the things that we haven't talked about in a while, and I don't know what the current status of, but this was a big part of this show for for many many months, a few years back. It was all of the like uh, bond money that Tesla owed, and like, have they started to like be okay paying that off? Have they? Did they discuss any of that? Do we know what the status of all of that is at this point in Tesla's financials? Because that was really sort of it. Felt for a long time that was looming over the top of them in terms of earnings and and profitability. Well, they did talk about um, the bonds due in uh, 2021 and 2022, and. Right. Um, they are positioned to be able to pay those down or to handle those perfectly fine. Um, this quarter, I think it was about $4.5 that they added to the coffers. Um, so there's almost $15 billion, something like uh, $14.6 in in cash that they have now. So they're well, well positioned. <laughs> We're going to just carry on. Anyway, I just want to get back to the fact that Fifteen billion cash on hand because we used to talk about the fact that they had like fourteen cents, and if they didn't sell us Tesla every seven seconds, they were done. Fifteen billion is that because they cashed out the stock because it's gone so high? Um, well, they've added stock, they sold stock, and they've been raising money repeatedly. But also, all of those bonds also have this contingency where they, if they didn't reach a certain share price, they could just. Or I think if they reached a certain share price, they could give them stock as opposed to cash uh, to settle the bonds. And I don't think we're at, at that point anymore where people wouldn't want Tesla stock. But are they paying? Are they doing that? Because that's dilutional to the company's ownership. So I mean, I in some ways, if Tesla believed in their future, they wouldn't necessarily want to give stock to pay off those bonds. They'd want to use cash. If again, if they have eighteen billion in terms of. So they reported it looks like eight point three billion in sales. Is that number? Does that number seem right to everybody? Or eight point three billion in revenue? I guess I, I should say. Um, how much is that up? And there was the sounds of silence. There's your song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, three of I know, you listen to this. Deliveries are three up. of you listen to this thing. Did you any of I, you write information on it? I, I listened to the big picture. <laughs> we made a lot of money. We sold a lot of stuff. Okay. It's all good. Um, okay. So cash and equivalents um, was up. Um, get, can you guess what percent? I mean, 69%. 25%. How much? 69%. Of course. I'm the inappropriate one. I'm the inappropriate one. It's here in black and white, you know. Um, so uh, gross automotive um, revenue was up 27%. I mean, everything was clearly up except for actually regulatory credits. And they were down. And so that's going to be part of the story is um, that it was down from the last quarter about thirty about thirty million dollars or so, and so you know looking at the headlines and I guess I talk about them a lot, but the headlines look pretty favorable so far. The, and then the the stock looked like it was up to an after hours trading. Did they happen to? Did they call out U.S. revenue versus international revenue like numbers at all? No. Or no, this is just overall revenue. Not on the call. That might be in their documents. 
when you say I mean, your regulatory regulatory credits, I can't use my words. Is that like Zev credits, zero emission credits? That's yeah. where they sell it to other car companies. Is that the same thing? Uh, yeah. So in the U.S., that's Zev. In in Europe, um, they're getting a good deal of money from uh, what is it? Fiat Chrysler uh, for mm. um, so that. Fiat doesn't get fined. They'd rather pay a little less money to Tesla. Um, so those are also counted as regulatory credits as well. Um, this, these, well, as we know, uh, Tesla doesn't get direct money from the, the, the government or even sort of indirect money um, from the U.S. government, at least, for credits anymore. Uh, but many, uh, many other companies have to, or car companies have to, have targets for emissions and um, that's where they're getting they're getting this money 397 million this year this quarter from competitors because those competitors couldn't do what tesla's doing yeah i've never really looked into this but um maybe you can explain it uh so i'm a car manufacturer and i make gas engines and somebody says you need to make more electric or you have to have a certain miles per gallon average I can't do that, but I go to Tesla, who makes all electric cars, who's way over, and somehow there's some formula that where they say, well, if you pay uh, Tesla some amount of money, that will help Tesla make more of these vehicles, so therefore we'll let you off the hook. How does this work? Now, I think Tesla yeah, sells them on the open market because they don't need to turn them in, right? So they get sold on the open yeah, market, I mean, and the other companies turn in Tesla's credits. Yeah, in California, we've been having an increasing uh, stepwise. You need to make 4% electric vehicles or non, non I shouldn't say electric because the hydrogen uh, fallacy of the hydrogen vehicle is out there as a zero emissions vehicle. But you have to have so many vehicles percentage-wise of what you sell that don't produce any exhaust. And each year it's been ratcheting up in California. And there are companies that have no electric vehicles and others that do. And so that's part of what's funded uh, v, um, Mercedes to produce some electric vehicles. And, you know, this is where we've been dealing with all these half-assed electric vehicles, but they could just buy from Tesla these credits. Unfortunately, I guess there's been changes in the California regulations that allow these companies to produce these really lackluster cars with like 35 miles of range. And then they had to jack it up to like 60 miles of range. And in the end, uh, they diluted these credits down. But I heard them say that the, uh, the credits are up double year over year. So I think it's better this year than it was last year. But still, it's just a small fraction of what they're making money on. I don't care about this. I mean, I think it's interesting from a financial <laughs> point of view, but I don't care. All I care about is how many cars they've made, and I want the other car manufacturers to make electric cars, and this is sort of a bizarre, weird uh, thing about you know what happens between car manufacturers. So, I mean, it's great that uh, uh, the Tesla is getting that money, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, I wish all the car manufacturers would just like make more electric cars. I think the yeah, point- this is a kind of a half-assed way to try and encourage the OEM manufacturers to get into the electric car market. But it wasn't like a big stick where they'd say, you can't sell cars in California unless half of them are electric. It was, like I said, very watered down. And it's now, I think, 
a really antiquated system that isn't making much difference whatsoever now that Tesla and a few other manufacturers have established that people want electric cars and electric cars are the future. So I'm putting my hand up as I cut off Joel. I think because there's four of us, we're going to have to go back to the second grade system where we used to put our hand up. So from now on, we're going to put our hand up. I now cede the floor to the president. Excellent. Um, so the only thing I was going to add to that was, um, I mean, it's, it is a lot like uh, uh, carbon credits and carbon tax um, in some ways where the producers have to pay a particular tax and the ones that um, are either sequestering it or whatever can, and can take some of that money. And, and in Europe... The, it's a little bit different than the open market in the U.S., where uh, um, you have to sort of pair up with a company um, and create a—I can't remember the exact word—but it's like a group, um, essentially. And so uh, Fiat Chrysler grouped with Tesla, and so they they sort of count as one company in terms of their their carbon output. Um, there's a, a good article that I didn't put in the show notes that I can at least add later for folks that talks about how um, some companies are getting away with, uh, because of that WLTP cycle, uh, that it, which we know doesn't really properly, um, you know, sort of estimate how much uh, energy people are going to use. Um, with hybrid vehicles, uh, there's a certain amount of carbon um, that they're expecting those cars to use, but they really don't. They use a lot more. And so uh, there's a, a push to actually increase the, some of these cars and so there'll be actually more market for Tesla or more market for people to make more cars in the future. But from my point of view, I think the most important piece is that um, Tesla sh showed this quarter for sure that the regulatory credits didn't matter and that they're, they are profitable and it's going to slow if they can continue to do this, with or without credits, it's going to show that this is a path forward and more companies are going to hopefully move to that future that you're thinking about, Mel, for sure. So let me go back to you. What is a WLTP? Is that what it is? Is that like the life cycle, the life carbon production of a thing? I can answer that, I guess. Um, I didn't yes. raise my hand though. <laughs> Do it. Um, ding, 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 ding. So we have the. So I think most of us or most folks know the WLTP cycle because of the, um, of uh, so there's a world. It's like the world. I forget what this what it stands for, but it, it's the EPA. Um, it, it's like the EPA range uh, estimate, um, but for well, it generally for Europe, but China sort of follows that as well. And then obviously the EPA range electric range cycles is probably the closest to accurate, but still it's not super accurate. And then there was one more, Robert. Do you remember the other one? So do you have WLTP? No, I was just going to say it's the Worldwide Harmonized Light Vehicle Test. Okay. I knew there was harmonized in there, but there's no H. Yes. Right? <laughs> worldwide Harmonized Light Vehicle Test Procedure, WLTP. Test procedure. For determining you know, the a level of pollution... CO2 emissions and fuel consumption of traditional and hybrid cars, as well as the range of fully electric vehicles. So, so did what, you just do that off the top of your head? No, dude. I googled that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, while I was while I was struggling, they were looking up. But um, so it looks like because Europe's really concentrated on um, 
carbon uh, output, um, that's gonna that probably is gonna change, and that's probably a good way to do it. Um, and but the WLTP cycle, which mostly Europe uses, um, they know that it's not accurate uh, in at least how people are using their even their hybrid cars. And so hybrid cars are getting off of helping them not pay this this tax or these fines, but it may change fairly soon in the next two years or so. All right, so uh, none of that's interesting to me. Um, so I have no idea I just what everybody... just happened. I don't even know yeah, what don't any know. Of that meant. But that's I fine. Know. That's cool. I mean, I mean I'm this sure is just it truth. all means it's better for Tesla, I think. So okay. yeah, um, but I mean, I think and, and for electric car companies. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've heard from time and time again from the very beginning of these earning calls conversations with Elon, right, is that they're not counting on these credits basically mattering at all to the future of the company. And, and they, they likely don't. I don't know how much they've gotten over time, you know, hundreds of millions, maybe billion, uh, for sure hundreds of millions, maybe billions at this point. It's had to have helped at least to a certain extent. Um, when you have $8.8 billion in revenue in a quarter and your $300 million of it is from these credits, you know, it, it starts to have diminishing returns. But, you know, $300 million for any company is probably nothing to sneeze at probably pays for some superchargers, probably pays for, you know, Model 3s to come out that make the Model 3 you bought two years ago look like a piece of crap. You know, whatever. It's all good. Um, and though the downside, to a certain extent, is that because they've been allowed to be sold on the open market, it's made companies take their time right they they've been like oh i've got i got time i don't have to make an electric vehicle i don't have to push myself i don't have to put myself out there i don't have to put my neck on the line because i can just go and buy these credits on the open market i, I mean you can almost bet if that tesla's been in in harmony with chrysler and fiat you can almost bet that it's slowed down their process moving forward right and i think if you look at fiat chrysler in, in the milieu of all of the electric cars that are currently coming out or currently planned, they're probably the farthest behind. Well, I was going to say that this, uh, as I said earlier, this whole system of trying to level the playing field was, I think, in retrospect, important and useful. But for the past three years has made little difference when Tesla's involved. Elon has said multiple times that they should just end the program. It should end the program and that way everybody would kind of have this like shock to reality that it's time to get serious. And people who buy Teslas, you know, this stuff is like weeds under their tires. They're buying Teslas because the Teslas are a pain. They're so much fun to drive. They're reliable. They don't cost a lot of money to run. Your neighbor's got one. Joel's got one. He's always smiling. I got to get one of them. Yeah, he said that a number of times and people were saying he's being disingenuous because they got so much money out of these things. But he was saying, I want to get rid of all of it. He wasn't just saying like Zev credits and all this stuff. It's like, I want to get rid of all the government subsidies, but I want to do it for the oil and gas industry as well. Because people don't understand how much credits they get, tax credits. Go explore over here. Here's a giant tax credit. Let's make a level playing field and I will kick your buttocks. So people like say, oh, well, Tesla's built on government money. He's like, no, are you, you want to play fair? Just level it. Just stop it all. And now you yeah. can see why, because they had a path to, we don't need this and we can take you out. That solar and, and uh, electric cars 
can beat gas and oil right now, today. Not 10 years from now, not 20 years from now, but today. But I wanted to ask you all a question for those that listen to the thing, because Zev Credits is really a good way to start a show, okay, because it's so interesting. Um, I want you to, I like this song idea. That was great. Then we went downhill and I'm just like depressed because it's, um, was there anything that you heard in the thing that made you um, perk up? Like, because mostly what we heard was stuff we we were sort of expecting, but I heard two things, count them two. There's one and then there's B. There were two things that I heard that made me go, what, what, what? Would you, you like to know what they are? Guess what's going on in your head? That's a Would you like to? Oh, yeah. You're right. I do. Yeah, that's guess what's in Mel's head. Guess what I thought was fascinating reading between the lines. Number one. A thought in a couple screws. <laughs> number one. Uh, the first one was charge rates. Ooh. So I don't know if you meant to say it, say it. But they were talking about the charge rate of um, the yeah. semi and how they've right. really got to get it faster than the charge rate of the cars, and 350 is not going to get it done. And oh, my head snapped back like you just said, what you talking about, Willis, to me? And I was like, so they just let out of the bag that they think – I think that 350 is probably where they're going to max out the charge rate because there also was a discussion about everybody thinks that the charge rate max has something to do with uh, the temperature it does, but they were talking more about some thing that Joel would know about that I don't know anything about, which is it does something to the anode and cathode and the lithium, and if you do it too fast, it's bad. So I think that we're actually going to see a max charge rate of those V3 superchargers, not of 800 and all this other fantasy that I had the last few weeks, but of 350. But you know what, 350, I did some math. Yeah, I can do some math. The math I did on that is that you could get about 1,500 miles per hour of charge, which could work out, if you do the math, in 10 minutes if they let you sustain it at 350 volts, 250 miles of range in your sort of Y, for example, 3 and Y, which I'd be happy with. So, uh, Joel, can you explain what they were talking about in terms of the chemistry? What does this do to the battery if you charge it too fast other than temperature? Before Joel gets on this, I just want to apologize, Joel. I know we've been friends. We've done some friendly things together. And I invited you to this, like, mosh pit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to become a pimp Joel out on everything complicated that Mel doesn't understand. <laughs> I'm Go sorry, ahead. but if you come bringing the uh, engineering <laughs> skills, basically this is going to become your show and you're going to present, and it's fine. It's just like, what does Joel say? So, Joel, go. So, so oh. I, yeah, yes, I think that um, uh, Jerome um, kind of slipped there. And when he said, uh, well, w- uh, I think the question was like, how... What is Tesla doing to get to the um, a megawatt charging level? And tell us a little bit about that. And he said, well, um, I think, um, you know, we know we need more than what um, than 350, what everybody else is trying to do to get to or what our passenger cars are trying to get to 350. And, and that's what you heard. And he said, well, yep. we need to do. 
we need to get higher than that and we need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but the, there was another question um, earlier, which um, was to uh, uh, Drew Baglino, which was uh, from, I think it was from one of the say questions uh, uh, from retail investors, which asked, does the tabbed electrode allow uh, a lot more, uh, you know, a, a much, much higher charge rate? And right. I don't, uh, so what Drew said was, and I, uh, I have in my head for sure, is he said basically, um, yes, the, it can allow for, for better uh, heat control, um, tab, tabbed uh, electrodes or tabless electrodes, um, but that there still is um, a, plating, uh, a, a plating issue um, with batteries when, um, when, you, when you charge it too fast. And so he said there's, there's that balance that they still have to maintain. I didn't do the calculation. I know that they were saying that their goal was that allow a semi, which has like five times the battery in your Model 3, Mel, to, to charge on a standard break, which I believe is an hour. So you can drive for like 11 hours and then you can... You have to stop for one hour somewhere in there. I can't remember what the trucking regulations say, but they are forced to stop a certain amount of time per day. Just like people are supposed to have a coffee break or supposed to have a meal break. And it's during that time, that scheduled time, that they're aiming to have the entire truck refill. So you can probably run the math from that. I didn't get the chance to do that. But that would answer the question of how fast can these uh, trucks with the truck version of the battery recharge, Tom. But if they're individual battery packs, like we've listened in the past, where we've heard in the past, where it's multiple Model 3s, and each one of those is basically, has an hour to fully charge, you, you know, like the way they just have to build the pipeline in a different way. They don't necessarily need fast charging because it's one gigantic pack or faster charging faster than 350 in that particular instance if they route the power correctly or am i mistaken about that particular aspect yeah when i saw the charge port on the semi it was a big glommed together multi-plug supercharger plug mm -hmm. and i think they're they're tapping into just what you're saying like five superchargers or six superchargers at once i think it's varying they've probably been playing with those numbers. I did want to like, sorry, I did want to follow up just to put a little bow tie on the regulatory credits from 2012 to 2018. Tesla <laughs> made $2.295 billion in regu regulatory credits. So that's half a gigafactory, just throwing that out there. It's not nothing, but it, it's, you know, it doesn't, it, it's fundamentally made a difference in Tesla. It just had to at those kinds of numbers. It's impossible so to imagine that it hasn't. It's just about paid for Elon. Shh, yeah, not quite. Well, but, and I'm yeah. sorry, Mel, but I just had to do that. I know you're upset. You just didn't want to talk about the freaking Zev credits anymore, but I was doing some math because it was an easy, multi, uh, easy addition. And there you have it. As long as you don't go to multiplication, I'll be okay with it. I'm going back to Joel. I'm sorry. We're always going back to the guy who knows things. I'm sorry. I'm not the president. <laughs> I don't surround myself with people who don't know things. So what do you mean by plating? Like fast charging does plating. What does that mean? Um, it's obviously not good. 
No, no. This is um, where uh, uh, there's a little uh, uh, little spears uh, um, that can happen between the uh, the anode and the cathode that cause shorting in the in the battery. And um, I, it's but there's a better term for it than that. Please, please send me an email to remind me. Um, and if you charge too fast, too many times, and don't control, uh, and you don't control heating, that can happen. But I think I, I even though I, we heard the 350, uh, I, I'd like to see what happens still because 350 isn't really, um, isn't necessarily the. Uh, there's a six x increase in power uh, density, and they wouldn't have uh, told us that. Um, if, if it wasn't, uh, if, if there wasn't more there and so, well, I guess we'll have to see, but, but that's, that's what Drew was saying. And that was a, I think they already had saw that, seen that answer, excuse me. And, uh, he already had, he had a really well-prepared answer, um, for that question. But in my view, it will be more than 350. There's, there's zero, there's zero doubt on that. It, more than three fifty in the cars or in in the... cars in cars in in the in the tractor in the in this in the semi semi. Um, I thought in in Europe you're not supposed to say semi, but uh, I don't even know in, what it means. We're though. not in Europe. I never looked Joel. at it. <laughs> I know, but we have European <laughs> fans. Um, yeah, that one in yeah. Holland, in the <laughs> Netherlands, who speaks Dutch. No, I know. I don't oh, understand gosh, that. I still that don't understand that. <laughs> Nobody does, Joel. Nobody. I work does. with we folks, work. and I ask them, and they like who that work that live in Amsterdam, and I I still can't get a straight answer. I just watched a YouTube video about this again because it's a great YouTube video. It's the most complicated thing in the world. There is no country called Holland. No. There's the Netherlands, and the two biggest like provinces within the Netherlands have the word Holland in them and they speak Dutch and so people refer to them as that's like oh forget it's too complicated anyway <laughs> so, go watch that YouTube video it's super because they've also got the, all these these little islands in the Caribbean and across the world and they're also part of this the Netherlands but they have US currency I gotta tell you it's the most complicated thing in the world Anywho, so, so I is... told you one. Yeah. One was the charging rate, and I was going to give you the other one, and then I was going to let you just talk about what you thought was the most important thing. Yeah, I was just so going to give the... you an analogy. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I fine. Just talk hand. over the top of me, do whatever you like, whatever. It's just like your silver spoon, Mel. Every time you stick it in your mouth and you discharge that silver spoon of the food, it's going to get more gunky, platey stuff on it until it's all tarnished. Now, that doesn't help me because it's about the rate. So is it because you ripped the spoon out of your mouth so fast? <laughs> because it's about rate. So give me a better analogy. Okay. I guess the more you stuff the spoon in your mouth, the, the faster the rate you eat, the faster okay, it's going to Okay, so that spoon represents each time the electron goes. There's lots. I don't know, that's terrible. Come back to me next week. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> I did look up duty hours, though, and a... a Driver My duty doesn't usually take an hour. It's a lot faster than that. But go on. You're blessed, man. <laughs> uh, a trucker of a semi or a large vehicle that is driving can only work for 14 hours a day. And they can only drive for up to 11 hours during that day. And they're mandated to take at least a 30-minute break every eight hours. 
So you can figure like how many miles can a truck drive when it's doing 11 miles, right? At like 65 miles and how many miles they have to charge up if they only have 30 minutes to stop. So I'll do a little algebra here and I'll come back at you with a number of how fast they've got to be able to charge the semi. How's that? Okay, I can do it. I've already done it. Eight times okay. 65 miles an hour is uh, 520 miles. So, okay, so if they can do 520 miles every eight hours, they have to in a half hour. In, in a, a half, half hour. hour. Yeah. That's so not they're going to have to have a 600-plus uh, battery pack because we know that that first you know, 80% you can do in mm -hmm. about 30 minutes, and then the next 20% takes about another 50% of the time. So... Go, Joel. What was that second item related to the the size of the battery pack for the trucks? I said they're going to have to have at least a six hundred mile battery pack because they need to get make get about five hundred miles in thirty minutes, which is about eighty percent though on ballparking. So like you could charge it to about eighty percent in thirty minutes, and that last hundred miles is going to take you another thirty minutes. That's just ballparking. So, um, even though you haven't said your second thing yet, uh, I wanted because we're we're talking about nobody trucks cares, right now. Joel. It's fine. Yeah, um, Elon sort of leaked out a little bit of information, which was um, that um, he said, uh, I think he said, if um, if you assume the semi has a pack that's uh, four to six times larger than passenger cars he said that as well um mm -hmm. which is you know everybody is up to like a mega uh a, a megawatt hour on the semi all the way down to 800 ish um that, that's probably the lowest number i've heard so if, if it's if you take 6x as the highest and you if you're talking the 100 the largest car currently is uh, 100 so that's only 600 uh kilowatt hours that's a lot less than what people think. But even if you kind of say the plaid, which we're, I think everybody's assuming is about 120, that's still 720 kilowatt hours. So that sort of puts a ballpark on that too. So, yeah, I was actually really shocked at that because I did that same, because I did some math in my head because, you know, I went to an Australian outback school and we did math. I was shocked at that because I thought everybody agrees this is going to have to be for the size of the semi, 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 I don't know, you've, I don't know, I'm bilingual, I can go both ways. And this is, there, he was been saying a million times at highway speeds, they're going to be able to carry like 85,000 pounds, that's an F ton by the way, um, and get 600 miles range, like smart people like you were doing the math saying, that's going to have to be a 1,000 kilowatt-hour battery to get that done. So maybe they've just improved the efficiency of the motors or something so substantially right. that they've got that down significantly. Right, with like Brembro brakes and really good regen, they'll be able to capture back a lot of that energy. I imagine with their... And, and, the, and it's crazy that they don't have any more semis out there. You would think they would be iterating more, but I'm still only seeing two semis running around, the big one and the kind of smaller one. And that's telling me that they must be pretty solid on their design. Well, we don't know if they're taking the guts out of those things and redoing them, but we know that their efficiency is going up because we don't even have time to talk about the fact that there was a refresh of 3, Y, and S. 
So now an X with significant, not just a little bump in range, but significant bumps in range. So the X now, which is the <laughs> Are we going to go off the earnings call? Yeah, no, I'm going to get back to it. But okay. uh, 370 miles range on the X, um, the Model 3 over 350 miles range because of this improvement in efficiency. They haven't put bigger batteries in there. So the, tr- the semi, semi, must be dropping the size of the battery pack that we thought was there because of those efficiencies. I don't know. It's super gold magnets or something. Let me tell you number two because I know everybody wants to know oh, about God, my number yes. two. What Does the everybody hell want to know about number my number two? two? I'm standing on pins and needles. Yeah. Everybody right now is wondering about Mel's number two. <laughs> so the number two that made me whip my head back and snap it going, What? was uh, him saying solar roof next year. And I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something like solar roof is going to hit its stride, wham, bam, boom, clacky next year, suggesting that he has, there is some significant improvement to solar roof occurring next year. It was a one-liner. It was quick. But it was, again, if you're listening, something magical is happening. So that is either improved efficiency that's substantial. I suspect that it's actually the ability to install much faster. Or maybe it's the combination of that we can now put in solar roof and um, battery that is like at a ridiculously new price. I believe it's one of those three. But solar roof will go from kind of expensive and kind of slow but they've finally worked it out and they think that's coming next year. And there are hands up everywhere because we're all two-year-olds, but Tom was first. So in the uh, press release for this earnings call, so we'll try to stay a little bit on uh, point here, the total solar deployments more than doubled in Q3 to 57 megawatts compared to the prior quarter with solar roof deployments almost tripling sequentially. While not yet at scale, we recently demonstrated a less than 1.5 day solar roof install as shown in the photos. This is a podcast. You can't see the photos. So you have to go to Tesla investors and download the Q3 uh, press release to see this. And basically installation time, they said uh, solar roof installation time is a key area of focus to accelerate the growth of this program. And we continue to onboard hundreds of electricians and roofers to grow this business. And there are three photos of a home. I'll just point that out. 7.30 a.m. It's a blank slate roof, which doesn't necessarily mean that's when it started that you know they, they with had the to, roof that's been removed right the roof has been removed and it's ready and tie and ready for the solar roof to deploy by noon the whole roof is is got workers all over it and i would say maybe 20 percent of it is completed by 2 p.m the next day no more roofers anywhere near the thing and the roof is completed so that is less than one and a half days pretty impressive so that is the energy business highlight, at least as it pertains to the solar roof and the press release for this earnings call. Yes, Melvis. Yeah, it sounds like they also were talk, like they were talking about how they were discovering all of the little niggly bits, the little bits that they can't get done right. Like, do you have the right bolts in your pocket or your whatever, your belt to finish off that piece of roof and not having to climb down to go get it? And back and forth. And they're talking about how, I mean, people were saying that it was taking them like a week to put the roof on. Not that long ago, 
nine months ago, maybe. And now they're getting it down to a day. Like they have to package everything just right. So I think a lot of it has to do with logistics and not so much the roof. I don't know how fast they're producing the roof. I think there's probably a lot of people who are waiting to get their roof. But I think that, again, this is Tesla learning the complexities and how to get around all of them. Yeah, I suspect that that's what it is for all of the things that you've said. You know, I talked to Barry Cinnamon on this show who does the energy podcast and he's a solar installer and has been for decades. And uh, he said the real cost, the true cost, the complete cost of putting a solar system on your house is really all about um, now that solar has dropped so much, like tenfold or even more, 15-fold in the last 10 years, is the cost of the installers. So it's about how fast you can do it. And that Tesla's big problem is that uh, you can't spend four days putting on a solar roof and get to you know, a good price per kilowatt hour. And so I think that's the key. And Tesla's really had a problem with this is that, yeah, it was taking them two weeks to put it on. Then they got it down to the week. So if they've worked out some magic Lego system that they can have you seen somebody tear your roof off? I've had a couple of roofs torn off. They can do that in two hours. That thing is gone. The taking yeah, they off were the roof is not a problem. They said the it was putting two back days. Yeah. Now, taking a roof a roof is fast. So if they've got it down and they think they can train people, lots of people, to put a solar roof on in a day, that will be magic. It won't be that we've gone from 20% efficiency to 40% efficiency. It will be just the speed with which they can do it. So that's what I think. That's me. That's my number two. I've got nothing left. I'm completely empty. I'm, I've evacuated my number two. I'm done. Continue. Wow. So, so Robert, um, what, did anything surprise you in the, in the call? Yeah, I think uh, some of the concepts that Elon was talking about was great. I thought it was really important when they talked about Berlin and Austin gigafactories. I don't know um, how much you guys have been watching the various uh, enthusiasts that live near those sites doing their drone footage, right? Like uh, Tegmeyer in Texas. I mean, this guy is like, he's, uh, yeah. He's every an single amazing, day. Yeah, he's there like every three days there's a video out. And when he shows overlays of what changes between the different videos, it's crazy. I mean, like mountains have now been flattened or at least mm -hmm. three-story hills have been flattened. It's pretty impressive. And so... Uh, Elon saying that, you know, they, they're going to have slow deliveries next year. He, I think he was really trying to quench everybody's uh, over-enthusiasm from watching all of these videos. You know, it's from, from dirt to pumping out Cybertrucks is quite a big step. So he said to expect a bit of delivery in 2021, but then exponential growth in 2022. And the same thing for... Uh, Model Y and Semi over there. He said that at this point, and this I'm going to kind of bring this in from one of the uh, institutional investor questions. He said that uh, the batteries will be produced in Berlin, and I think he said in Texas as well. I'm pretty sure that's the case. But that the first run of cars will not be dependent on Tesla's produced batteries. So the cars coming out of Berlin, the cars coming out of Texas and the semis, they are 
fixing to use batteries from their already established source so that we don't have this big crash when something hiccups in the production or the, 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 the timeline for putting out the 4680 cells. He talked about um, all of the different, like, what did they say? They wanted to know if they were going to spin off the startups within Tesla. And I was like, what are they talking about? And Elon's talking about, and I think this was something he said on an interview or a Twitter feed or something that I didn't catch, but he was talking about that Tesla is dozens of startups. And he says, like, you know, every car line is a startup. Every plant they build is a startup. Sales, service, insurance. And when he started going down this long list, it just started making my head spin. Like I'm thinking about the guy who would be on the comedy show with the plates on the sticks. You know, this is like getting like 18 different plates spinning and going at all the time. And I think Elon's got his nose in every one of those. And that just kind of gets me sweating to think about that. And, and also gives me an amazing amount of respect for all that they have done. And he said, basically, no, we're not going to spin it out. One of the things that he listed as one of these startups really piqued my interest. I don't know, Joel, if you've read about it, Auto Bitter. And I thought, Auto Bitter, isn't that where Tom was kept telling us how much used Model 3s were? And, you know, when we were talking about, you know, getting cars and people were asking us where to buy used cars. No, different Auto Bitter. This is Auto Bitter for energy, energy storage and energy production. And this is something they're developing for like utility level energy trading. I thought that blew my mind because I have not read much about that, but that's something that I definitely am going to put on the radar. Something that kind of crosses over with AI, Mel. Is that them or is that a third, that's a third party group that uh, basically bids out energy and where you are and you put some over to Arizona, you put some down. Joel, uh, please. Explain. So actually, that was a that was a question by um, uh, one of the uh, the institutional investors. Um, basically, uh, the question was: um, It seems like you could charge more money for the mega packs because um, of all the money that seems to be saved, um, especially in the 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 site in Australia. And uh, Drew uh, answered the question and said, "Well." Not only did we make money selling the pack, but we continue to make money saving the utilities money. So right. they're acting as, um, and they're doing that with AutoBidder now. It, it may not have been called AutoBidder, but um, that's essentially how they're what they're doing. And so that's something that no one, I don't think people really realized yet um, that Tesla was had a service essentially to do that and were, was actually making money. Um, and them moving to Texas, um, could, because Texas has one of the largest open open electric markets in the country, um, they're going to be do, they're probably going to be doing that as well. And they did register in the UK to um, be a utility there as well. So I think we're going to see that be a growing piece of their business. And he, he called that... Um, Internal applications, the internal applications team. I thought that was pretty, so, pretty interesting. So that's them. So it's not a third party. They've got some software magical thing. It's actually Tesla doing that. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. How many things does Tesla give to somebody else to do? Not, <laughs> not that many. I mean, not that much. And I thought it was a good point because when um, I followed the South Australian battery installation a lot, and South Australia in Australia, because I get Australian magazines and newspapers and stuff, and they were like dancing around, like, nah, 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 nah. we spent 50 million on this thing and we paid it off in just over a year, and now it's all profit. And so Tesla come back and put some more in them. And that's why they were saying, so you gave this to South Australia for 50 million. Um, usually you would pay something like that off over 20 years. You totally undersold it. But what you're saying, what the investor was saying is like, uh, no, actually, we're still getting a piece of the pie because, yeah, we killed it. And uh, we're continuing to get revenue from that. And that's a model going forward. Yeah, yeah it's going to be I like usually see them doing that even more, um, not even... Uh, just being completely the utility, um, not selling it, and just being um, the utility buying the electricity and then selling it at the at the more expensive rate, especially in Texas. I think we're going to see that. Yeah, and hopefully now we'll start seeing more solar on the factories. I mean, like if you look at the Tesla investor relations page um, at ir.tesla.com, there's this beautiful... Uh, Factory. I don't know. I think that might be Texas. I'm not sure, but it kind of gives me the feeling that this is the Texas factory because it's near, it's got a water feature and stuff, but it's all covered in solar. And so, you know, I don't understand why they're not pumping out more and more and more panels and like covering the Nevada Gigafactory and like going down that road because God damn it, we need it. Tom? So, but the question, I guess, that I have that I don't really understand about all of this is where are they producing, like, if they're becoming an energy utility and they want to be on the open market, like, where are they producing the energy? Like, I know they know how to store the energy. I know they make some solar panels, but they haven't put up, they haven't built giant Tesla-based solar farms anywhere using their panels. So where is that information coming? Where is that energy production coming from, Joel? Um, well... Uh, in California, during the uh, during the sunny periods, during the day, um, sometimes solar is um, because there's so much solar on the grid that um, they're paying a, a, a they're paying solar producers to actually not produce electricity. So if if the price so it's a it it's considered a negative price essentially. So if Tesla can buy that for the absolute cheapest. When the when the mar when the market is over, there's too much being produced, and then wait until nighttime, and then pay it, uh, and then charge it out. They they make the difference. So this model is so. For instance, and I, you know, again, this is just going to be an example. Out in the desert, we have a giant solar array, right? And that's a that's a privately owned utility selling electricity to the to the grid in California slash Nevada. Tesla can, independently of that, put some storage out there somewhere, a whole bunch of batteries, and just purchased purchase electricity from them at the lowest possible prices to hold on to it and store it. And then later on in the day or later on in the week or whenever it is where that becomes twice as expensive that, that utilities want us to buy it at a higher price, then Tesla can resell it. Is that kind of what we're, we're, think we're talking about here? Yep. Yeah. I've, since no one can see me shake my head. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. a radio, it's a radio show, Joel. It's a radio show. <laughs> so, um, 
um, the the rates can swing wildly in in Texas. They're even known to swing extremely. You know, from that negative mm-hmm. pricing or, or like we're not paying you at all uh-huh. to um to 10x the price. So, um, but that then helps the solar producers um continue to make money on their uh, on their investment. It's considered uh, um. They just get more money out of their out of their solar investments. But but so far, Tesla hasn't done this for themselves. They've only sold these big storage arrays to utilities, to Australia, right? They they haven't gotten into the, at least from what I've seen or heard. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong about this. I, I obviously I can't hear everything, but they haven't built their own giant mega storage areas anywhere where they're where they're doing this. So so what you're saying or what we're saying in this is that they sort of alluded to that in this earnings call that they were going to start to build their own mega storage facilities that would be Tesla owned and financed. I think that's a little premature. What I was struck by this, that just that they were creating a marketplace. They were using their their know-how in producing systems like the insurance system and the service system and all of the Tesla, what do you call it? The team, um, sorry. Internal applications team? Internal applications team. That they're turning that, that know-how towards managing electricity and they're probably getting a lot of input from Hornsdale in Australia, from Southern California Edison, who's put up, I think, two plants, two uh, uh, charging or battery facilities. And, uh, and you know, these are places where Tesla's willing to take a risk and has a lot of know-how versus the utilities, which don't. But without the storage capacity and without the transportation of the electricity capabilities, it doesn't doesn't really matter, right? Like it, if if they are buying solar produced energy for minus 1.5 cents a kilowatt hour when it's dirt cheap and their solar people are being told to do it, like if they don't have any place to put it, they don't have any place to put it. That's what I, I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out is where where are they putting it? <laughs> like if 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 the idea is for them to buy cheap and sell high, which is, you know, welcome to capitalism, uh like where are they putting it? Melvis well, there's two things. Um, one is they are battery constrained. If they could build a 1.5 trillion, trillion, trillion batteries tomorrow, they would do this. So they're not doing it because they're battery constrained. Most of the earnings call was about the fact that we cannot make these batteries fast enough. Oh my gosh, the potential here is for a multi-trillion dollar company. So they kept saying like, we're battery constrained. In the last earnings call, there was an investor person that said, why don't you just become a utility? You can make solar, you can do batteries, why don't you become a utility? And Elon sort of tongue-in-cheek said, wow, we haven't really thought about that. And it was so just sarcastic. It was like, yeah, dude, that's where we're headed, that we have this vertical integration where we'll be able to do this. But they can't store it all anywhere yet because they are so battery constrained. So do you put your battery into a $60,000 car or into a utility? And I'm sure that the bean counters are like, go this way, go that way. Those batteries have become so important. Where do you put them? Because they've got two very different divergent things they can do, cars and um, 
and energy sort of production and storage. So uh, Robert had his hands up the first and oh, swung around the, the most. Stop <laughs> the presses. There is no longer, or I should say, in a very small fraction of time, there will be no longer any concern that we're going to be sucking batteries out of trucks to put them at the utility, right? Because Tesla's going to make two or three different kinds of batteries. They're going to make batteries with iron in yeah. them that are heavy and too heavy for semis. And they're going to take those batteries and they're going to produce an F ton of them. And the question is, when are they going to get to that ramping up of that curve of producing those storage batteries, right? That's why we're talking about spinoffs. And just crush the electricity market. Mm-hmm. You just said it's not a, it's three years away. Like at battery day, it's like three years until no. they can crank this thing. No, I don't but, think so. I, I, think I think a lot of people think they're sandbagging. And I did have my hand up yeah. second. Okay. Yeah, yeah so Cato Road want, is cranking right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to answer Tom's question, which was, did they specifically say that they were going to put out their own uh, batteries on their own and and you know take that that risk um no they didn't they said they sort of di- said the halfway point the halfway part which is um they're in the business um they're making money they they sold the batteries and then they're still making money after but as as uh, mel also mentioned uh, they've alluded to many times that they're going to be uh in the utility business they applied in uk to be a utility and if you know, you could find somebody to pay for it. That's great, right? Then they don't have to worry about it. But if if they're if they're if they can make their money back in a year, then that's pretty easy money. Um, on, and and actually, it'll be less than that. So, right. But is um, it is it the technology? Like that's the thing. I, I he did say like building all this thing in prototypes, easy. The batteries, all that other stuff. Building batteries to scale is the constraint, right? So they've they've kind of, in some cases, put all of their eggs in one basket. We're seeing that we're we're seeing them have the capability. They have fifteen billion dollars in cash. That is right now, and they've been a company who doesn't really give a crap about having cash on hand in the past, at least historically. That means they could theoretically op- have enough money right now to to start building three more factories let's we can call them gigafactories you can call them whatever the whatever the heck you want call them uh you know like they have the capability of doing this but but because they're trying to move to this newer technology and this new way of of building the batteries it sort of feels like they've slowed themselves down for this you know i i understand why they, they slowed them like they could ramp up and make all of the awesome, amazing batteries that they currently make, could they not just build factories to build 10 times as many of those? Yeah. Well, you know, they, they, uh, quarter over quarter, they were up 81% um, for storage deployed and over uh, about 60% from last quarter. So they are increasing. Um, and so and I'm I, sure I, so is, and I'm sure so is CATL and LG Chem. I mean, Tesla has basically yeah. like pulled off the gauntlet and said, "Build the batteries, and we will buy them." Go I'm ahead. just, I'm, I'm confused by what you're saying, Tom, because you're saying like, why don't they just like take over the world? Yeah, they can, but 
Their battery constraint, their mining constraint, their but, production constraint, they'll get there. But you can't just say, we need one trillion tons of nickel tomorrow. We need a trillion tons of lithium. They can't go do it. They are, and have said constantly, what we could do if we had every battery we need would be unbelievable. But there's physical and physics constraints to the fact that you can't just ramp up to creating trillions of pounds of batteries tomorrow it just takes time and they can't do it because it also takes billions of dollars worth of money so that it i'm a bit confused about what you're saying they can't go and do this themselves tomorrow it's well, gonna take a while to ramp this crap right I, I understand that but but i guess my my point is like there seems to be like and i there seems to be i guess a not a lack of focus but a a like Robert was alluding to earlier, like they're in all of these little mini things that are taking up Elon's time. And if they just focused on the battery thing a little bit more potentially, or 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 invested much more heavily, like why not break ground on a factory that just makes batteries? That's not building cars, right? They've already got, according to these numbers, they've got production capacity that they can't meet to build cars. They have production capacity that they cannot meet building cars right now. That's not all because of battery constraints, right? Yes, they have deployed more storage, but those we know those are different styles of batteries that go in. They're losing... They're, they've, they've delivered less Model S's and X's year over year, or they've... they've Okay, I'm an ignorant slut. He keeps holding up a piece of paper, <laughs> calling me an ignorant slut. But I'm just curious. Like, again, I'm not – I'm saying that they're in this cash-plus position. They are building a new factory in Austin. They are building a, a, a factory in Germany. But, like, they've never fully, fully realized – any one of their factories, right? They never fully realized the, Nov the, the Nevada factory. Joel is up. Oh, man. Walked right into that one. <laughs> I've been wanting you to... That's one of the things I wanted you to talk about. Um, so that's, a, that's been a question for me as well. Why haven't they um, built out Gigafactory 1, Nevada? And um, uh, so there's a... There's a, he, I guess he's not really an employee of Tesla, but he, uh, he has, um, relatives that work at Tesla, oh, um, right. at the Gigafactory, uh, cars on, oh, night, uh, at, uh, on Twitter. Um, and he said that essentially Panasonic and Tesla can't find the employees, cannot find enough employees to work at the site there. Um, the, the employment market is such that if people don't want to work at night, they'll quit and they'll find another job and they can find jobs all over the place. Right. Um, but it's a location, location, location as no, it pertains no, no, to no, that no doubt. factory. And I no? think that's why, I think that's why they didn't go to uh, Oklahoma either because um, they knew that their biggest problem was employment and going to Austin knocks it out of the park for them. And in that same location, they looked at in whatever it was, 2015, 2014, um, in Austin, they looked at that same location and they decided, oh, well, let's take the extra, whatever the other reason, all the reasons were, maybe it was taking the extra tax breaks or, or whatever. So they were um, very financially but, constrained when they picked Nevada. I mean, no, that was no a doubt, very no, different no. company, right? Yeah, uh, so 100%. I'm, just, I'm affirming your point, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, um, but I think that they've given up 
not well i won't say they've given up on gigafactory one but they're uh, i don't think that they're going to get to the 105 um whatever gigawatt hours that they thought they were going to get to and that's why we have uh texas uh and austin and so they're going to get a problem there. though right like that's 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 a fundamental long-term problem for the company because at some point they have to admit that Right, they have to admit it. They have to put that information out there. They have to say, "Look, this is as big as Nevada's getting unless X, Y, and Z happens, and that is that sparks Nevada has to actually become like an Uber town, like a a, yeah. a much bigger place than it currently is." Or they have to put, uh, you know, a lot of effort into making it a place where people want to move to and live. And and Austin has become that place. There are tons of Californians moving to Texas. My guess is they're moving towards the Austin area. For oh, this yeah, very for sure. reason, um, and, and so lower taxes too, right? You know, like and, and again, I, I I think it's I, I totally agree with you, but at some point they got to just be honest with people and say like this location didn't work, and maybe they can't because of the tax benefits that they're continuing to get out of Nevada. Go ahead, Melvis. So uh, I want to go back for a second, Jane, your ignorant slut. Um, because I think the premise that you were getting at was why don't they just make batteries because that's where the money is. But they're the people that are creating the market for the batteries. So they're doing two things at once. They're both creating the market for this giant amount of batteries and they have to make the batteries. So they're trying to do this dance between we need to make a lot of cars, a lot of storage, and then we need batteries. And so they're doing this thing and they're getting the world supply. So uh, that's a complex thing that they're trying to do. I need to be, make a big factory to make lots of cars, and then there's this need for batteries. So that was sort of the first thing I wanted to get to. But the second thing, and I just want to say to Joel, that is the best explanation that I ever heard because for the last three effing years, I've been saying, why the hell is Gigafactory 30%, 30%, 30%? And I've never heard that explanation because I'm stupid. I never thought about that. But I was talking to my son and his buddies. They're all engineering students. And they, Tesla's comes down to UC Santa Cruz and like, we need 10,000 electrical engineers in the next few years. And Mike is like, I'm not going to Sparks, Nevada. Yeah. I don't even want to go to Texas. Although Austin sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's pretty- And so it really comes down to if you're really constrained by high-end employees with uh, advanced degrees um, – He's like, yeah, I'll work in Northern California. Maybe I'll go to Austin, Texas. I'm not going to China. There's no way in hell I'm going to the desert of Nevada. Thank you very much. Best explanation I've ever heard. You can stay on the program as far as I'm concerned. All right. Thank you. And one thing I just want to add, I know Robert's hand is raised, um, is um, the, 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 the big thing for me was that um, Elon said that the Cato Road facility will be a top 10 producer of batteries um or didn't he say it already that, is or it already is, yeah it's yeah. it's one of those so it's not there's not even though you you see all these charts and you know there's so many places in china that are building all these batteries and there's there's these things in in europe that are building cato road is already top 10 and it's a pilot plant so and it's not that big i mean it's like an industrial building but the other the other thing to know uh, about Elon is he'll be very quick to drop a drop a technology or drop something and move on to the next thing, and he pivots all the time. And that was one of the questions that they asked. I thought was really interesting. 
was what if solid state or they called it solid lithium would be it would you know be viable either price wise or whatever would you move to that and um and he said um yeah we'll 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 we'll, we'll figure a way to do it if we need to but um but they also are pretty determined and and know that their the the their path that they're on is the right path yeah i like it uh, so I was going to say that uh, what could turn Sparks Nevada around something. So I, basically, it's like Sparks Nevada Gigafactory One is putting an enormous amount of pressure on another limb of the Elon Creations boring company. Could you imagine how long, you know, you could go from San Francisco Bay Area to Sparks Nevada in 45 minutes Right underneath the Sierra Nevadas, right through well, the San Andreas Fault, you're shaking your head. Yeah, no, we already we've already covered this. The Boring Company, a tunnel underground, is safe during an earthquake unless there's an enormous shift. But the San Andreas Fault is south of all of that, and um, and this is happening. And I threw in, or I was going to throw in an article about uh, uh, Las Vegas. You know, Nevada is going full tilt when it comes to Boring Company. They're a about to announce uh, extending the little uh, boring company tunnel that's under the <laughs> that's under the uh, convention center all the way down the strip to the airport to McLaren Airport. So, but so why not then build the I don't know. I mean, the boring how how much is it going to? How many billions of dollars? would it cost them to build a boring company tunnel from Sparks, let's not even go so far as to say to California, but to Las Vegas? Because Las Vegas right, right. already has an yeah. infrastructure. Las Vegas already has a bunch of people that are super dependent on right. one industry, which basically sucks the life out of them. So, like, I mean, I don't want to necessarily see Las Vegas get any bigger because they got issues with water as well as California has issues with mm -hmm. water in terms of that. But that makes way more sense than sending a tunnel through the Sierra Nevadas from from San Francisco or from it all Bay depends Area, on where Los the Angeles. where people want to be and where you know yeah so Las That'd Vegas cool. has a lot of people that right now are in uh, tough tough straits because yeah uh, the tourism is really off there's not a lot of but whatever I don't think that's the answer gathering. man I don't think people want to get into a tube for 45 minutes to go to work I don't care how cool it is and for 45 minutes to come back to work I just don't that's not the answer so you're just and and I think. I'm not I'm not hanging it. I'm just saying that that like we, they have they have said without saying that they're not making Gigafactory any bigger. Period. Like Gigafactory is what it's going to be. They're I think it's likely just gonna be slower. Likely, I, don't think I think I think they're going to do it. I think it's just going to be slower and I I think they're also a little handcuffed too no matter what this guy says. I think they're a little handcuffed because it's a partnership. So anything that um they have to any money that they spend they both have to spend together tesla can't say okay you know what you don't want to spend money on the the solar roof we're going to do it ourselves you, you can't really do that or i guess you could but that's not the way the par partnership works so I, I think at some point maybe the partnership will be dissolved and they'll put in their Cato office stuff and they'll go from there but 
You're talking you know, about it, the partnership with Panasonic at the yes. Gigafactory, right? But the, but yeah. Panasonic's already pulled some shenanigans with that partnership and was like, eh, we're not really going to want to increase capacity, oh, yeah. right? Like so, yeah. like they've they've been able to say that to a certain extent, and so maybe it's Tesla's turn again. I'm not panning it. I'm just saying businesses make mistakes that may potentially have been one of them. At some point, you're tying up a lot of cognitive energy and resources into a place that can't fully reach fruition as opposed to like kind of not, I guess, cutting your losses and maybe like you said, just freezing it or letting it go grow kind of organically. But you, you still need this battery capacity. So they shouldn't just be announcing Austin and they shouldn't just be announcing Berlin. They should be an already announcing two more, right? To, to meet all of these needs that they claim that they have in, and this genius that they have about, about building storage uh, capacity for this marketplace being one thing, being able to deploy solar and store their own energy being another thing, it just feels like there are more better ways for them to focus their energy at this point than, than Sparks. Uh, first of all, I have to say, uh, Tom, you ignorant slut. That's three goddamn times in one show. I'm not ignorant. I'm just asking questions. But you are a slut. Is that what you're saying? No. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to say <laughs> is, of course, 45 minutes, if you're in your own little capsule going really fast and you're watching Netflix and you're watching Peaky Blinders, you would live anywhere, and then you'd go get a really high-paying job. So I don't. We're think, talking think, about a. F uh, we're talking now. Then we're talking about potentially ten, fifteen, twenty billion dollars of investment into yeah. a freaking tunnel, as opposed to ten or fifteen billion dollars worth of investment into two factories in places yeah. where people already freaking live, dude. Like no, that makes Elon no can sense. Say he's right. If Elon can say he's right, and. Uh, and, but and, he's not. This is this is Robert's plan, not Elon's plan. This <laughs> tunnel didn't come out of Elon. This tunnel came out of Robert. But people no, do I'm, that now. I don't get you. That makes it's no 450 sense. 450 miles work. between Reno and Las Vegas. Yeah, so. I mean, people it would be, work in it would LA be, yeah. and they drive for an hour now. Yeah. If you could, but they don't a, like it. But so because this, they're not watching Netflix <laughs> and he. They'll be able to watch Netflix. It's so Once ridiculous again, to imagine Tesla putting $12 billion into a tunnel no, they wouldn't to do move it. employees. No, they wouldn't do it. They would get Nevada to pay for the majority of it because then, just like they're doing now, they're getting them to pay for this little tunnel under a convention center. Then they'll get them to pay for a tunnel under the city. They're getting this in Baltimore as well. And before you know it, this thing's going to mushroom, just like mega pack batteries for utilities. Okay, I let's set up a bet. Okay, I think that's the only way to, to stop this conversation. Just let's let's set up a bet, Robert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, how many years, Robert? Uh, three years? Four years? I'd say five years. All right, I'll put money I down. Wanna, I don't want to put my zero money. years, zero years, <laughs> never. There will be never I'm just state going it for the record to because I'll state it for the record. And uh, you can quote me on this because nobody will ever remember. You can quote me on this <laughs> that there will be a tunnel from the Sparks Nevada factory to Riverside, California within three years. And all those people that are having difficulty finding their jobs right now 
We're going to fill Sparks mm-hmm. Nevada with all of those people. Three years, it's going to be fine. I think there was something about a 600-mile limit or something that they couldn't they couldn't make they couldn't maintain that ain't a six, vacuum. That ain't 600 miles, like that. baby. That's about 200 miles. Okay. Sparks. Three years till they're oh, completed, wow. a project that they haven't even started. 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 300 Three years we'll until they're completed, start. it's fine, it's done, because three years <laughs> from now... I will bet you $1 million, dollars, <laughs> literally $1 million, but I want this paid off because I need an extra million dollars. That is ridiculous on so, so many levels, I can't even begin to tell you. They couldn't even figure out how to stamp their freaking logo into a brick properly. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You don't seem to understand the idea of projecting forward, that predictions are fine, everything occurs in 2020 because nobody's going to check, and now it's 2022. So I'm saying three years from now, and you can fact check me all you like because you're never going to remember this episode. It's, it's happening in Joel's first episode. What are you talking about? Well, since this is such a cluster of an episode, hey, let me hey. just oh, step oh, out. PJ. That's bold. Hey. I am bringing <laughs> some salient conversation that you people just don't want to listen to except for joel who understands where i'm coming from you know what spin off me and joel oh f you guys i'm so seeing a spin off i see you two holding hands going off to your own tesla podcast because you want to surround yourself by people who think the same way and we know what we're going to call it talking teslas is what we're going to call it Man, I, I worked for that campaign to get those guys. <laughs> I wanted to bring us down to earth once and just say that it floored me that in talking about all of these Tesla spinoffs, or no, startups, that they said that the insurance end of Tesla could be 30 to 40% the value of their entire business. That mm-hmm. floored me. Uh, uh, stop. Yeah. Please stop with all of this. It's just a, a a diffusion of focus on on the goal of sustainable energy, sustainable energy, and and insurance. Is that really how do the those goal? two things go together? What is the Tesla's mission? Oh God, Tom, you're such sustainable an transport and and energy going to I, Mars. I, I think that. Well, yeah, I mean, but you I, want I do to think reduce that... the cost. I'm sorry, Joel. I'm sorry. I'm so rude. No, it's yeah, Tom's you, fault. you do want to. You do want to reduce. Uh, I agree. I think we're we're going to be in agreement here. I think that. Um, I think that Elon sort of fell into um, doing autonomy um, because everybody said that, that the Model S's were nice, but they were low in technology, and he said, "Okay, well, screw you. I'm going to put a ton of technology in there." And he did, um, but the, I think the point is, is that once the price of cars starts, or the p- price of transportation starts to come down, there's going to be a lot more people that aren't going to buy a car, and that's the best thing for for the earth. Right. So, but how does insurance? How does insurance? How does you, insurance play into that? You cannot disarticulate insurance from the mechanical car. They are the same thing. 
I cannot buy a car without buying insurance. If I can reduce the price of the insurance and reduce the price of the car, I get it to more people. So if he can do a thing where he magically can reduce insurance because they understand the technologies, then the total cost of ownership comes down and that's sustainable. So it's not about insurance as a different thing. It's about the complete package. If they can offer the complete package less than everybody else, they get it to more people. But they're thing that they're offering is green. Tom's going to have a... How many times have we talked on this show about once the Model 3, once full autonomy, there's no reason to buy a car. So Tesla won't sell cars anymore. Tesla will only have their own car... A network, in which case they won't need insurance. They can insure themselves for way cheaper than having any insurance company involved in that situation. That like it, it means something completely different, and maybe that's their plan for this insurance thing. I get that, but so like 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 let's just just talk about what we've talked about right now over the last no, over, no hold on they're they're the biggest energy storage company in the world they're the biggest energy production company in the world they're the biggest single uber rideshare company in the world they're the biggest car manufacturer in the world they they're the biggest insurance company in the like do you guys listen to what you're saying like stay focused man like pick a thing be the biggest no. in that thing no. No, I'm just picking still, 12 uh, of them. <laughs> Dude, that's, isn't that the entire point that their vertical integration is of the what they're doing? It is the entire point, but, they're, but, but every single one of those things is, is like dependent on the other one to be good, to be perfect, right? Yes, so but that's the biggest happening. Can't you see it happening? What, what, yeah, do you, but, what is but, your point? But the it's point happening. is that they're battery constrained. They're battery constrained. And, and 99% of their focus isn't on making more batteries. But how well, do you, what do you see think? the ramp up of battery production given all that we heard on battery day and what we're hearing coming out of this small building in Fremont at Cato Road, 10th largest battery manufacturing what's the, what's facility. Their, what, they're, they're, they, they said that the world, the world needs 20 Tera, kilojigawatt, 20 of those things that they mm -hmm. need. The world needs those things. And that they, the, if they do everything perfectly, everything just perfectly, they can make three of those. So I, I will repeat to you guys, what does the world need? Batteries? Love, Thomas, Thomas, love. who is creating this need for these batteries, it they is are. Tesla. Who else uh -huh. is doing it? Nobody. So they have to do both. They have to create the need in storage, in cars, and then they need the batteries. They are leading the way. They have to do both of these things. And so that's why there's the tension. They have to create the need and then they have to fill the need because if you're waiting for Ford to do it, it's not going to happen until we're all Jupiter. Okay. Do they have to make solar roofs too then? Yes, because they have to do distributed energy. They have to do generation. But I, 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 there's one guy that I listen to on YouTube who says, oh, geez, Tesla shouldn't spend money in solar because the amount of revenue that they, I'm sorry, in storage, because the amount of revenue that they get from storage isn't the uh, per kilowatt hour of, of batteries isn't the same amount that they get from selling a car. And I think the reason why Tesla is getting into utility 
is to balance the amount of revenue that they get on either side. So, well, one, Model 3, you know, it was company death if they didn't put all the batteries into Model 3. But now it's it's eased for sure. Um, but they still need a business reason to be doing both. Um, and that's the business reason is to, when, when Drew said they were still making money um, in Australia be, from selling power, that's what everybody's been wondering about. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that was talked about um, today. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to smack Tom and I also want to apologize to Joel. You've made a serious, serious error in being on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of pushing your guys' buttons, uh, uh, as you know. Like, like that's sort of what I'm. Oh, doing. my but, but button has been pushed. You've uh, broken the. We button, can't all agree, and it's not right? renewable. Yeah, and again, I'm not necessarily saying that. It just feels like they're, they're, they, they, they continue to probe into areas when they don't have any of their one area kind of worked out at this. Well, point, you, right? I think it they would have, be better, better for you um, to argue. Elon wants to save the planet. It would be better for you to argue why is he wasting his time on the other multi-trillion dollar company called SpaceX when <laughs> he should just focus on saving this planet, which is what a lot of people have said. Uh, what they're doing, I think, is in at Tesla is doing multiple things, but I get it, and they're integrated. And he said, and I've got the thing here about the fact that people are saying, well, how do you compare against sort of other car companies and your vertical integration. And this is sort of what you're talking about, Tom. It's like, he believes that we are an order of magnitude more vertically integrated in creating cars ourselves than anybody else. Like we're making the batteries, we're making the car, we're making the energy, we're doing all this stuff. And everybody else is doing this distributed model and they will never be able to compete until they can be vertical integrated. And what you're saying is stop being vertically integrated. And he's like, no, that's the whole point. We want to do the whole thing. And I want to see Tesla mining tomorrow. I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't be vertically integrated. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that like like their their focus feels a little diffuse. And 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 what set me off was that was Robert saying that they should build a 400-mile, at the Boring Company, they should build a 400-mile tunnel to get people into Sparks. <laughs> like, it's cool, man. Like, Sparks may not work out for them. Sparks may be what Joel said, which is like slow growth, gradual growth. That's totally fine. And they have Austin, and Austin could be five times bigger than Sparks in the next three years, and maybe Berlin can be three times bigger than Sparks in the next three years, and China can be in there. But what I'm saying is, like, if the issue is they need to build batteries and they have $15 billion worth of cash right now, they should waste zero time building another factory that doesn't build cars, isn't going to have a line for Y or Cybertruck or semis or any of that other stuff. They should build a battery factory. They should build it on top of a freaking dry lake bed that's full of lithium for all I care, but they should do that. They Maybe can do both. You're it's a you're putting up a false sort of uh, what's the word false uh, narrative dichotomy dichotomy narrative false narrative false dichotomy. Well, I don't know what it is, but basically they can chew gum and walk at the same time. Elon has always said that the boring company takes up about one percent of his brain. Digging holes ain't that freaking hard. So okay. they can dig a hole okay. that's a 
200 miles long right. doesn't take up too much of Elon's brain. So they can do both. It's not that expensive. So they can do both. But the outcome of that could be quite huge. I feel like we've gone full circle. And this is why this uh, person on Say.com, I can't credit them, but the fifth question was, if Tesla is a conglomerate of startups, why don't you spin them off? And the argument is that they can do it. They can continue on multiple fronts advancing towards the future. They're not constrained. They have the, the bandwidth. And I just was looking up something about batteries as you were ranting, Tom. And <laughs> it turns out that just yesterday, LG was quoted in electric, LG Clem, Chem, as producing a, quote, new form factor cell, uh, like a 4680 cell, and committing to tripling their output. So the world is being tugged by the nose hairs by one Elon Musk to getting done. For and sure. I Go. can see a bigger picture where all of these startups come together mesh-wise and we get more than we would if everybody was just trying to dilly dally on their own separate courts. Okay. Yeah, well, the LG there's an L, there's a story about LG Kim that we're not obviously going to get to, and I'm not even sure we really covered the freaking earnings call at this point, and that's that's cool as well. But that Tesla is potentially going to be putting a 10% investment into LG to get some of their batteries, and then in that same story, there was sort of a thought that LG. Chem was going to spin off their battery, LG Energy Solution, yeah. which maybe, maybe, I don't know. I didn't do the numbers because I'm not sure. Maybe 10% of LG Chem is all of LG's battery capacity, and Tesla's just going to buy the battery capacity of LG, which would be amazing, and another battery factory, and that's awesome. And, and, and that's my point. I think what Tesla needs to do is focus on battery production, 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 production. And, and obviously, Sparks was a failed effort in that direction. Like, we can, can we at least agree on that? Well, it's not a huge success. It's still producing batteries that's going into, went into my car. I think it's a success still, but okay. I, I know what you're saying. It, you know why? why Failed effort may be out? a little bit strong, but but it yeah. wasn't at this point. We all expected it would be three, four, five times bigger than it is, producing many, many more batteries, and and it's not. And if you're saying the only reason it's not is because they can't get people to push those little green and red buttons on their assembly lines, then that that's a problem. Yeah, it's it's you'll like remember, the Jetsons. You'll remember back in the day. When the Gigafactory was first unveiled, the initial schematic for the Gigafactory had almost no room for human bodies. Mm. The original design and intent for the Gigafactory was to be a fully automated juggernaut of, what did they call it? It was like one of the ships from the culture Alien series. Dreadnought, I believe. Alien Dreadnought. Was. That it was going to run itself and it was going to be you know, almost no need for humans, which if that was the case, yeah, stick it up in bum, whatever, Nevada, away from everything with nothing fun to do and lines of traffic going in and out. But that obviously was a failure of planning. So I'll give well, you But that. it was not a failure of planning. Where's the, where's the alien dreadnought? 
didn't work out, couldn't do it. It didn't, right. And they're kind of constrained because now they need people to run a battery factory and they're having difficulty with people. All right. Well, and and they have a partnership. I I do think, uh, I don't think he's given up on the dreadnought. Um, He just, he's uh, in, I think, multiple interviews, he's talked about uh, how, you know, they, they feel like they can increase the capacity, you know, they, he sort of said three, four, even probably 10x. If you'd want to do that, he'd say. Um, so I think he wants to. And I, I'm betting there won't be as many gigafactories as people think there'll be because he'll just increase the productivity of the in- individual factory. Right. So then what's the real but, deal with the Panasonic partnership, right? Because right now, like Panasonic's okay. into gigafactory for if it's half, and that's a $5 billion investment, $2.5 billion. Why doesn't Tesla buy them out and do whatever the hell they want in Nevada? It may happen. We'll okay. have to see. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I, Gigafactory uh, Nevada is a fascinating story. And I, if nothing, if I learned nothing today, and I probably learned nothing today, <laughs> I think Joel's explanation is the best I've heard because I've been pissed off about this for years. And that's the best explanation I've ever heard, and I don't know why I didn't think of it. It's like, because, you know, prairie coyotes don't want to live in Nevada in the desert. So uh, <laughs> I feel like I've learned something we're, we're We're also, all, what you haven't learned is that prairie coyotes, A, aren't a thing, and... <laughs> And B, uh, they don't work dingoes? in factories. What are you talking about? Seriously, uh, are you drunk? I don't know what? if you've watched uh, the cartoons that I watched. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, yeah, coyotes can do things. They can talk. They make no, signs, no. Car- acne. Cartoons. And they just, uh, they go after roadrunners Please, please stuff. stop talking. That's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you. I'm a, hoping. A dingo. I, I hope that Austin is the, the panacea. But again, I'd like to see another one someplace where people live and want to make it. And it's not the first time, right? We had issues in, in the Buffalo factory. I'm, and I'm not saying that they can't do it. But we have seen time, time and time again sort of bigger promises at least initially than can be kept and that's that can be frustrating and yes they are an amazing company we have not i have not sat here with you people for 184 shows because i don't think this is the right thing to do but forgive me if every once in a while i go through some of this stuff and it looks a little bit frustrating they they can't they they've built 500,000 capacity to build model threes and y's at fremont that they cannot meet that production right they they for whatever reason they can't meet the production quotas that they have set for themselves Two hundred and fifty thousand in shanghai they have ninety thousand capacity of model s and x in fremont and last year if you base it on the fourth quarter numbers of the the production of there they they're only building like sixty eight thousand cars so there's like 20 Twenty percent or so of production capacity that they can't meet in Model S and X. On top of the fact that year over year they're delivering less Model S's and X's, so there there are issues that they need to deal with. They seem to be potentially dealing with them. Is all of this because of batteries? I don't know if that's the answer or not. Joel, you had your hand up. Yeah. So th- those numbers, the the cumulatively uh, eight hundred and forty thousand cars is uh, sort of an exit of this year uh, from according to Zach. Um, Now, 
I don't know if they'll be able to sell 90,000 X's and S's without a, a fairly, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure they can sell that many without a refresh, but um, that's, that's a question for next year. So um, when asked, Elon thought that, uh, well, when asked uh, if uh, the uh, production next year would be somewhere but from seven eight hundred thousand to a million cars uh he said well we're not gonna tell you that number just yet but it's it's kind of in the ballpark and it's got to be in the ballpark but i don't think they're gonna sell 90k s's and x's right now just because i would have bought a three if the three was available um or a y and um instead of the x um, I think a lot of people who bought S's would have bought an, a three or an, or a Y. So I'm not sure, uh, but but it, maybe it's a trade-off. Maybe they'll sell more of the others. But right now, they, that's their that's what they're saying their capacity is towards the end of the year, and they think they can get to half a million cars to meet their their uh, their estimates, the, their stated goals. And let's see if they do it. I mean, that's the, that's a piece of it. Um, one of the last things that I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about was the um, the money that they had to, um, well, I guess it's not really money, but um, the stock compensation line items um, this year for, for Elon. Elon hit uh, the second and third tranches this quarter, um, and they had to... Uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but let's just say allocate um, money towards that. Um, I think it's called pay the man. Well, um, <laughs> the reason why I say that I don't know, I'm not sure of the right terminology because um, technically it's a non-cash, um, uh, stock compensation is non-cash. Um, and uh, so Tesla doesn't pay any money for that. Um, but what they do is uh, they have to declare it um, as part of GAAP uh, general accounting principle rules. Um, but a lot of people thought that they weren't going to be profitable this quarter because of the two tranches that uh, Tesla um, uh, Tesla hit. I think it's probably around over 300, 300 million and 350 million. I think those were the numbers. But um but I just wanted to see what you th what you thought of uh, them making a profit, but still having you know a lot of these headwinds in some ways. I thought it was hysterical. It was like so subtle. It's like uh, we uh, made all this profit, and we had to pay this guy next to me three hundred million dollars this quarter. This quarter, and there was like nothing said, and I was thinking like. A few years ago, when Robert presented to us, he'd, he'd, and he unf unflowered himself in front of us and like, in the next few years, here's what Elon potentially is going to make. And at the time, we're like, the stock price has to be what? The profit has to be what? How many times in a row do they have to make profit? And we had a big discussion and we're yelling at each other, that's never going to happen. And guess what? that happened and and honestly like i don't i he makes a lot of money a lot of people don't like that i don't love that it's so so huge but 
Tesla's sitting on $15 billion of cash because of the work and effort that that guy put into this. The work and effort a lot of Tesla employees put into it. They're sitting on $15 billion in cash right now, and he got $300 million. They at you know, it was a bigger problem when he was sitting when they were sitting on, you know, one billion dollars in cash and owed six billion dollars in bonds, and he still got three hundred billion dollars, right? Like those numbers are have are the same. So basically it's it's now it's probably the best deal in in like corporate, you know, whatever you want to call it, profitability, because the the company's got fifteen billion dollars to play with, you know, and, and he's a big part of that. Can I insert my socialist self into here for a oh, second? Oh, please do. And my socialist self says, uh, I know some people who have three jobs that clean toilets, that work as uh, nurses, that um, work just as hard, significantly harder than Elon. And at Big the time. end of the year, uh, they have $30,000. Yeah. This is not about uh, the effort. It's not about how hard you work. This is a you know, their whole entire capitalist system, we could like say, is ridiculous. The fact that he worked very hard and is very smart and at the end of that period of time is worth tens of billions of dollars is insanity. That, so if you come to it from that point of view, which For is sure. part of where I come from, is like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Nobody mm-hmm. should be worth that amount of money. I don't yeah. care how smart you are. But from the other point of view, I see the capitalist part of it as like, but he's running companies and those companies will have taxes and those companies will have employees and stuff. And he's not really worth that. Um, So uh, for those of you that are like me that are partially uh, social democratic communists, like this is insane. But I get both of those parts of the story. Yeah, I I don't know. Does he deserve to be the richest man in the world? If he saves the planet? Absolutely. And if that means that uh, he has a bigger house than somebody down the road, that's all good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, you can make the argument that if he like the adulation and respect he'll get from all of humanity should be enough for him to want to save the planet, right? I, I get it. Like, so y- you can see either way. But but my point was basically like, yeah, three hundred million dollars is a lot of money in, and it is a a ton of money. In no way, shape, or form am I trying to diminish that. It could have been zero dollars, right? Tesla could have gone bankrupt two or three years ago, and I'm not saying that he's the solely responsible for the fact that they did not. Um, but you know, he's also done everything to push as many buttons as he possibly can to get us to to sort of where we are right now. I, you know, should any CEO, should any owner, should anybody have that kind of money? You know, no, of course not. Yeah, I think it's about um, well. I'm sure it's about a lot of things. So, um, but I definitely think because of how he lost control of his, um, of 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 uh, eBay, well, not eBay, but um, PayPal. PayPal. Yeah. Um, I think it's about controlling the company, and um, uh, more than you know, on balance, more than other things. But who you know, I don't know. But it, just so we're clear. Though he doesn't actually get that money until he actually exercises the options, and then he can't sell those shares until five years after he exercises those options. So, um, except for like a little bit to pay the taxes on what they're worth. So until he does that, 
he doesn't really yeah he's sort of sitting I, I think he actually borrows money on the fact that he can he can have that that I, those things but it's it's like a weird situation where um yes he he's gonna have a lot of money no doubt and he will be richer than bill gates but you know, I so think it's more the idea about, is that you incentivize the CEO to do all these incredible things, but then if you just cash out and you collapse the company, that's ridiculous. So you say, incentivize, do these things, but you can't actually cash out unless you've left the company in a good position so that five years after you dropped dead or walked away, it's still worth a certain amount. Right. It's like Trevor Milton um, can't um the uh the former ceo and former chairman of the board of nicola nicola um you know was worth three four billion but he can't he couldn't cash out for uh, at least 2021 on june 2021 and but if he could have he probably would have and that's not you know that's sort of what they're doing what they're doing is they're making him wait and he probably won't have much worth at all at that point not to mention He's going to pay, have to pay a lot back, allegedly, um, but we'll see. And let's not forget that Elon isn't, my take on Elon is that he's an eccentric guy. He's got quirks, not unlike many other people that I know who are smart and think they are, I don't know, think they're gifted, whatever. He has said, though, that his main focus in making or using all of this money is to fund projects that I agree with. I agree with projects that help to clean the air, that help to reduce the carbon pumped out into our atmosphere and, and changing our planet so that we won't last here. And going to Mars and putting up a civilization on Mars that will allow us no paradise but a place to run to, or at least for some of us, to go if what happens here is end game. And I think these are all laudable goals. And so it doesn't bother me as much. And maybe that's a con on me by Elon, but I don't think so. But it makes me feel better and less critical that he's doing something that I don't agree with. I certainly feel different about Elon and Tesla than I did for all of the GM cars that I played with and thought, God, these people are such idiots. They're producing such shit. This thing keeps breaking. I don't like it. It doesn't, it's not safe and whatever. I mean, I feel like bottom line is that they're going in the right direction and that's why I'll continue to be a fan. Well, I'm with you. Uh, you know, uh, we criticize Elon a lot and stuff, but where would we be if he wasn't here, if he wasn't pushing this. And uh, again, he's very eccentric. He has pushed this, not a, a few years ahead, I think decades ahead. And, you know, there's this uh, stat that about your happiness and income, and it used to be 70000 Once you made $70,000 a year, your happiness peaked. Um, and, and there's seventy, and there's $10 billion a year. So, I really believe that um, he, in his eccentric manner, wants to do something fundamentally important, and I support that. And I think the same for Bill Gates, although Bill Gates was a terrible, like, I, I want to crush the competition guy, but now I believe um, 
he wants to do something important with what's left with his life. So I'm a huge supporter of what they are doing, and I believe that his motivation is correct. And I see people at other companies and GM and Ford and other places who still are small-minded and profit-driven and corporate. So short-sighted. All of yeah, and and so all of my criticisms of Tesla and. But I really believe that he has that existential angst. Like, this is the one planet. I want to save it. I'm going to put everything into it. doesn't matter. If I have $10 million in the bank, it means no difference than if I have $200 trillion in the bank. But I'd like to do something useful. So that's why I'm a supporter. And yeah. I will continue to support. Yeah, and I don't think the money matters to him. Like, I don't think he really cares that he's worth $50 billion. I don't think he really cares if he's going to be the richest man in the world. And and to, to follow up on your thing, what Elon has done to accelerate this is Elon has shown the entire planet that electric cars are viable, period. End of story. No one else ever did that. No, no other company, no other entity ever said to the world, Here's an electric vehicle. Here's a way to build infrastructure. Here is a thing that works, that people love, that you can make money on, period, end of story. Elon has made it so nations, countries on this planet have banned at some point in the near future, the sale of internal combustion engines. Nobody else has come close to that kind of impact, period, end of story, done, if if you were to say to the world, is it, I have $50 billion. If somebody can figure out how to do that, they can win the $50 billion prize. Then he's won that $50 billion prize, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually ever more impressed with what he's doing, despite how bizarre he is. And I would say to, to you, I will say to you three, here's a, I'm going to give you a scenario. You ready? You can make a million dollars a year post-tax, million dollars a year post-tax. That makes you spectacularly wealthy um, for the rest of your life. And I'm going to say for the next 40 years, so for your kids, uh, you can have that. Or you can have a hundred million dollars a year for that same period of time. But in the first instance, you're going to do something really useful for humanity or you're going to basically sell them cigarettes. Which would you choose? Would you choose to be spectacularly rich or grotesquely rich and do something that doesn't really matter and is probably really, really bad? What would a normal person choose? What do you choose? I think they choose the altruistic choice. And unfortunately, there I think what we have learnt over the last 50 years of capitalism is that there are some people that choose, oh no, I want all of the money. Mm -hmm. And they could have a choice of just be rich and do something good. And Elon has basically said, no. And there's a few people that have said, no, I could be wealthy beyond all comparison and do a good thing. Or I could be grotesquely uh, rich and that's where I think sort of capitalism has fallen down because there's enough people who just want to be grotesquely rich who are prepared to destroy a planet. We're talking to you, Zuckerberg. We're talking to you. That's, that's where personality disorders come <laughs> in. And there's always going to be the narcissists. There's always going to be the antisocials. 
they tend to be the more successful in in uh, in capitalistic enterprises. But thankfully, Elon uh, is a tempered a tempered one. He doesn't have, I think, those uh, those strong tendencies. So, hmm. well, actually, I work with somebody who got his PhD at Stanford and met Musk at a party, and does think he is a narcissistic uh, prick, but. I, I I actually believe that you have to be, if you're a good guy and everybody says you're not going to make it, you know, good folks and just sort of regular people sort of say, okay, after a while they just say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just go do something else. I think it's people that have some personality quirk that continue and fight and continue to do what they want to do. And um, so even though I like, you know, he knows how much I love I, I love Tesla. This this guy, and he's like, "Oh, you still uh, you still think that Tesla's uh, blah blah blah?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." And uh, you know, it. But he had that he had that encounter with Elon at a party and thought he was not a great guy. And I don't necessarily need to be him to be a great guy, um, but uh, in that way. But like, I don't need to agree with him on COVID. I don't need to agree with him on a lot of some of the weird things that he does, but I am sort of on board with uh, how much he's moved uh, the needle here. And I think it's easily 15 years because what's the next best electric vehicle right. that would have come out without, without being uh, a direct competition to Tesla, maybe the leaf. Yeah, that was it. I mean, that's the, that's the answer. That's what we had prior to i mean you know you had the leaf and then you had the s and the x or the s and 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 they were very very different vehicles but nobody was working towards or or able to even come close to figuring out what an inexpensive car is and even with elon pushing look at the crap that people are putting out still right like the best ev that toyota ever made had a Tesla battery and a Tesla brain in it, right? Like so. Yeah, and you had so, two of them, right? Yeah, so there's that aspect of it. Um, yeah, and it was a great. That was a great. That was a great car. And, and so again, I, I, you know, we, we've we talked about like some negative aspects of it. There's a lot of positive aspects. Tesla is on the right path. I would like them to 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 stay focused and get to that that battery sustainability aspect that they had. I think again, that's that. Battery Day says that's the most important thing that they could ever do, right? They they didn't have an they didn't have a like car day, right? They haven't had a a semi day really to the to the extent like Battery Day was a big deal for them and totally flipped the technology, right? They said everything we've been doing is wrong. All of our technology is wrong. We're going in another direction. We think it's the right direction. But they don't know, right? So they they have in some ways put all of their eggs in that basket, and we just have to hope that it's successful. And maybe that's kind of what I was reacting more to is like if they can't figure it out and they can't build this new battery to scale and they can't do all the things they said in Battery Day, are they in trouble? I don't I don't think so because they can always fall back on where they are. But it definitely puts them back. Now putting them back, still like you said, they're still a decade ahead of everybody else. Although there are some people making some pretty interesting cars, but they're not making their own batteries. They're not making them at the volume. They're not doing all these other things. It's still Tesla and everyone else, for sure. 
It's absolutely test on everyone else. And I'll just say Sandy Monroe, who uh, independent, basically came up looking at the same graphs and stuff, said this is the size of the battery you need to make. Here's how you make it. And basically, they made the battery that uh, he said you should make. So that's what makes me feel good about the fact that here's another independent engineer that's like, this is the battery you need to do. And, and it, it came up the same way. And uh, so I'm feeling good that they made the right decisions and now there's some question that um not uh, a couple of other battery manufacturers are saying oh we came up with almost the same form factor and the same idea and tesla stole it from us i just think it's actually that all these smart engineers across the world looked at graphs and current technologies and did the same thing and like here's the form factor here's how you make it and uh you know, everybody's coming up with the same idea. So I think I'm feeling very confident that that battery size and uh, basic structure is what everybody's coming to right now. So I feel pretty good about that. And, uh, you know, uh, we need to get busy. We have to uh, convert the world to renewable energy. And if not Elon, who? Don't know who. All of us. There's a lot of barriers to that, though. A lot of it's barriers. all of us. We all have to take a step in the right direction. We all have to pony up in some way. It's like I was just having this conversation with somebody. You know, if you if you think throwing away your plastic in a recycling bin is your your duty for you know all of humanity, you need to get your head on straight because it takes a lot more than that. It takes you know not flying around like crazy, which Thankfully, we're not doing as much anymore. It takes a lot more to really turn this thing around, this planet around. But I think what's most important are superchargers. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank you. I'm going to tell you. Finally. Such a panderer. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> pander? Yes. You're pandering to Melvis. words you got there, man. You're pandering to Since Melvis. October 5th. Till now, our last show till now, I guess I could ask you, or you're looking at the numbers now, how many new open superchargers do we have? Look, I'd like to do a Scottish action because I've upset uh, people of the colored community. I've upset the people who don't like Willis. And now I'd like to upset most of Scotland. So I'm going to say, for the record, there's 27 new superchargers since our last show. Uh, Tell me what it is. Actually, there aren't. There are <laughs> 17 new That's open not superchargers. Good Get back, make some whiskey, and make some superchargers. 12 of them are in the United States. The first one that caught my eye is this one. In Jamaica... Kokomo. That's on his Kokomo. Tom's got it. Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Uh, Kokomo, Indiana. They've got their own supercharger. High five. We also have Palmdale, California. Palmdale. Palmdale is this is uh, where we make our meth in Southern California. <laughs> oh so my much God. meth. Oh my God. So many things happen in Palmdale that are not meth Thank you for coming. Wow. You are meth. a horrible person. And the, the, third, <laughs> this, the third supercharger I want to highlight 
is oh. where I no, it isn't where I first met Joel Sapp. Yeah, I first pretty met close. You in, no, I first met you in Massachusetts when I was driving through. Oh, we had breakfast yeah. in mm-hmm. Titusville, Florida, where Joel and I hung out for a few days or very close to and watched the Falcon Heavy launch. So Yeah, that was you, during one of uh, Talking Tesla's uh, many hiatuses. Uh, yes. I remember. <laughs> you shut hiatuses. the hell up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> shut, you shut up. Under construction. Sometimes we just don't like each other, Joel, and I don't understand why. <laughs> See, Joel, now you got it. Now you understand why. <laughs> and you know what? Back so... then I was like, um, oh, Robert, do you think Mel would ever um, have uh, like a guest that was like, you know, um, in Massachusetts or something? It's like, oh, no, you got to be in the got to be in the studio. He has to be in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Mel wouldn't like that. Yep. And, yeah. and here yeah. we are. And now we got COVID. We, uh, yep. Yeah. Takes a tiny five micron virus to change the world. Bam. And so... Yeah, under construction, we have 17 superchargers, which is a good thing. That means next time I announce to you, maybe we'll have another surge of open superchargers, 11 permitted superchargers. Uh, The majority of the superchargers that are going up now are the full 250 kilowatt uh, superchargers. Did you say 350? No, I'm still still at the old 250. Yeah. And um, we'll just skip. All the other stories, there were so many good stories, but we're, we're going to have to do, come back to them. We're going to have to do, uh, are we going to start doing this weekly? What's going to happen here? Like, Well, you know, I'm uh, off next week. I'm supposed to be uh, in court for a case, but there are no courts. So who'd I'm you kill next well, week? Who'd you kill? Yeah, I didn't kill anybody, but I'm supposed to <laughs> help fingers not be pointed. And so... Jeez. We can talk about that. Should we touch on media picks? Yeah, let's do some media picks. I'm excited because I don't know anything about Joel. He could be the worst or best person in the world. And I can tell by one thing, his media picks. Joel, do you oh, have any media no. picks? Pressure's on. Pressure's yeah, on. I know. Okay, I'm going to um, pick a, uh, a YouTube channel this time. Um, it's called The Near the Curve. It's with Emmett uh, Emmett Short, I believe is yeah Emmett Short. Uh, he's in California. He has a Model Three, uh, but he's a he's a comedian and he's toured the country. Uh, but he's just doing um, stories on things uh, like the singularity. So the knee of the curve is um, basically that point just before things start to go exponential. And you're looking at that knee uh, at that little point, and you don't know which way it's going to go. You, you might have seen um, XKCD's drawing of this, where you're looking at something and you, you don't realize that it's actually just about to explode to uh, exponential. And that's the idea behind the show. He talks about singularity, quantum computers. I'm actually just reading his cup that I yeah, got. Um, I I'm a Patreon. The cup. <laughs> I'm a Patreon member. Um, uh, of his uh, nanobots, uh, augmented reality, but the guy is absolutely funny. He's hilarious. Um, do- has a show once a week, um, and he, he talks about Tesla, but he talks about a lot of different things. You said it's a and YouTube or it's a podcast? It's a it's a YouTube uh, channel, I guess. And yeah, we tried, uh, we you tried should definitely check him out. He's really good, high production quality. Mel, I know you like that sort of thing. I like that. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, if one of us are, uh, 
uh, not in one week. We could um, see if we could get him on for a, a guest appearance. Um, but uh, a great, uh, it's a great show. It's worth watching, and uh, I highly recommend that. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you for that one. That's Tom. A, that's a one. Chicago 7 on Netflix. A very good uh, show. About Isn't that Alan Sorkin? Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron, Aaron Sorkin, Sorkin Aaron. wrote and directed, and so it's it's obviously well well written, very good dialogue back and forth uh, about the Chicago riots that were about the Democratic around the Democratic convention in the what six, year sixty eight I think is what it was oh. sixty am I right about that I don't know it was like Vietnam era maybe seventy two was some some something they were protesting. The Vietnam War is Abby Hoffman and Tom Hayden, who went on to greatness in the California state legislature, and and all of them were basically kind of railroaded by the uh, federal government, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, to to inciting riots in Chicago uh, around the Democratic Convention. Very poignant, based on our current sort of political landscape. Sasha Baron Cohen is great in it. Every the it's a great cast. Does he come at us, Borat? No, he it? doesn't. The, the <laughs> judge in like the it will it will drive you crazy about the way that that they were treated, about the way that their trial went down. You you just can't believe that something like that happens in this country, and clearly it does. But it's really well done, beautifully shot, uh, interspersing like actual footage of the riots with with uh, stuff that they shot as well. So really well done. And and when you're done watching that, go outside. Be safe, wear your mask, and go outside. The world is awesome. Enjoy ah. it with those people that you want to be around. Go, go, just go outside. Just take a walk. Go to a park. Go, go to a national park. Go do something safe. Wear your mask, and and go outside. The the riots your... were were these uh, the the fires too? Were there a lot of fires from this? Uh, no, it was mostly that... just you know, there was. I think there was some around it, but mostly what what okay. happened was the police instigated a lot of violence against these protesters in Chicago. Cracking heads. The, the Chicago, war. the Chicago Police Department wasn't super happy. They, the uh, the people that were protesting, weren't very happy with the fact that the Democrats were nominating Hubert Humphrey uh, to to become the nominee in the Democratic Party, and they were ba these guys were basically revolutionaries to a certain extent. There was. Uh, a member of the the team was a conscientious objector to World War II and was a was an anti-violence activist. There was Abby Hoffman who wrote uh, "Steal This Book," and then Tom Hayden who was really trying to be a revolutionary within the political system and change politics in general. It's a it's a great. I didn't know a lot about it prior to watching this. I learned a lot about it. You can read a lot about it afterwards on Wikipedia. Um, in, in terms of, of the way that went down. We all know that the Chicago Police Department has a terrible history of, of violence and graft and, and not being very good good human beings, and this was sort of their nadir of that. And it was Billy, was it Billy Seals who was one of the- Bobby Seals from the Bobby Black Seals, Panthers. Was, Black was, Panthers was, so originally it was the Chicago 8. Bobby Seals was one of them. And, and, and you watch this, and the entire time, he did not have counsel in court, and the judge basically didn't care. Until at one point he bound, had him beaten in an anti-room, bound and gagged, and then they basically had to declare a mistrial. So, so uh, of of his specific case, and he thank was, you for this he, he super lifting. Uh... Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, I, I mean, it was... a, I mean again, like it's 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 American history. We should all know it. 
I was going to say, I saw that, but I saw Sasha Baron Cohen in there and all I could see was Borat. Yeah. Like, I think this is important American history, but <laughs> Borat is just going to be in that and uh, I got a problem with it. Yeah, I thought it was great that they, <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but three people have told me about it, now four, that they had Frank Langella as the judge and he was most famous for Dracula. And so I thought that was just like perfect. He's a jerk. Oh my God. He makes Borat you want to Dracula jump the screen. Doing important American history. Great. It's fun. Do you have any one, Mel? Of course I do. And because I am the sophisticated one here, I'm the one that grew up in another country. I have an extensive education. I've traveled the world. I've worked in Africa and Chile and uh, uh, Hubie Halloween, which uh, is on Netflix. Uh, Hubie Halloween is uh, something that you should all watch because we're coming up to Halloween. And uh, it's really quite terrible. Sounds like <laughs> Rin and Stimpy. So um, it's a ridiculously stupid Halloween show. And uh, I just think you should go watch it because it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, that's great. There you go. The same. Hubie Halloween. Halloween. Uh, so I thought that there's a there's a uh, a documentary that's just coming out. It's called Totally Under Control. It's going to be on Netflix, I think, in a few days. It's already streaming uh, for cash. You have to pay to see it, and it's an amazing uh, sort of underground documentary that's been produced about the whole COVID crisis from beginning uh, till now. It's incredibly timely. It, it just peels back the, the cover on how screwed up the American response to this, how we went from a country that had a great public health infrastructure system uh, with experts and such, and just completely it's been hamstringed. And it's, it's uh, definitely worth it. Totally under control. And totally I was going, yeah, totally. Has it come out yet? Yeah. You can watch it. You have to pay like seven bucks to watch it, or you can wait another day or two and it's going to be, oh, or maybe uh, the on day Netflix? after tomorrow. So Friday, it's going to drop on Netflix. So you can be ready for it. You can get super depressed and watch that. Well, I don't know. I mean, you can get depressed, but also knowledge is power. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll sway some people how they vote and so yeah i didn't say hubie halloween is um adam sandler and if you know adam sandler movies they rank from terrible to absolutely terrible and he makes a ton of money doing it this is absolutely terrible yeah and yet it's got this feel-good thing to it so i'm just saying it's absolutely terrible it's almost impossible to get through but there's that hallmark thing at the end where he gets the girl. So I'm just saying. So well, I'm glad. It, solid, I'm solid glad that it pick. made you happy, Mel. I'm going to institute a new media pick slot what? for the what? guest. What guest? Oh, for the guest. The I, guest. I, I, I'm only allowing this because I want to talk about this pick. But, okay. But otherwise, what the hell are you talking about? What guest? Well, what this is guest? from Greg. Greg is a long-term listener to the show, and I'll just let him speak to you, all right? And then you can, you can have it out with Greg. 
He does carry a gun for a living, so just let me warn you. Okay. So do I. <laughs> just in case you're looking Greetings, for gentlemen. My name is Greg. I'm a longtime listener. And the only current Tesla product I own is a Powerwall. I do drive a Leaf, but someday I, too, will join the Tesla Nation as far as getting something to drive. So I got a media pick for you guys. It's on Apple TV Plus, which Tom had mentioned is a, you know, has some really good content, including Ted Lasso out of the Fantastic Series. This is a long way up. It's actually the third installment by uh, actor Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman. Back in 2004, they made the first series. It's called Long Way Around. They actually started in London and went on motorcycles all the way around the world, ending, ending up in New York. And it's a fantastic story. The second one they did was a long way down. They started in Scotland. And yes, Mal, we don't need to hear any more of your Scottish accent after I said Scotland. <laughs> anyway, starting in Scotland, they go all the way down to Cape Town, South Africa. Again, amazing story. Amazing things happen along the way. Just seeing them interact with the cultures of all the countries they get to travel through on motorcycles. And so the latest thing they're doing is called Long Way Up. They actually start in the southern tip of Argentina and go to Los Angeles. But here's the kicker. This time, they're actually doing it in electric motorcycles. The uh, Harley-Davidson, I believe it's a live wire, which yep, at the time, it was. it was still in the kind of the prototype phase, and Harley helped develop some modifications for their bags and stuff for the trip. But it was great. And the other really cool thing is actually their support vehicles are Rivians. So... VIN number 001 and 002 of Rivian's pickup trucks are actually part of the journey as well. And Rivian actually agreed to install a support charging network from the southern tip of Argentina all the way to Los Angeles to make their journey possible. Oh, my phone just went dead. I think oh, that's good. Sure. So I think it was fine. I mean, Greg, we appreciate that very long uh, explanation of the entire series of the long way up, and I will admit I wa I've been watching this. Comes out every Friday because it's Apple TV. They don't just let you binge watch the whole gosh darn thing, and it is pretty interesting. Like Harley custom built these bikes for them specifically to make sure that they could survive. The Rivian prototype thing is is uh, is pretty amazing. I will tell you, they really should have just called this show Range Anxiety because it is. Oh my God. It is all about range anxiety. Like the bikes have, I think max range of like 149 miles, but it is freaking cold in some of the places they are at. So they have days where they have like 49 miles of range and they have all kinds of issues where they have to bring the bikes inside like closed hotels. The charging network isn't spectacular there's all it's definitely worth watching if you're into the electric thing they have problems with the rivians they have they have all kinds of 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 major issues but they get they get through them in some very challenging ways you know there's there's one at one point they have to actually bring in a diesel generator to charge the bikes because they can't get any farther so there are like some there are some things where it makes you question it, but and I'm not all the way through it yet. They're they're right now. They just kind of entered Peru and they go to like some really cool UNICEF sites where they're where you and McGregor is like a UNICEF ambassador for children, and and so they are doing a lot of really great cultural outreach type stuff. And 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 he's a great dude, and um, 
it's worth watching. I agree. And uh, Greg also mentioned that they got Rivian to sort of do some uh, over-engineering on the Rivian trucks so that they could actually charge the bikes <laughs> from the trucks. Yeah, that that was like a few weeks into the show that they had some issues. Yeah, there's all these like weird like chase vehicle being able like needing to keep up with them. There's their charging is is a major major uh, focus in yeah. this show. And like I said, like it. It is just, it makes you anxious all the time. They're, they're just like, they're that not. That sounds like it. really a great program to uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, make people feel good about this electric future. It yeah. sounds terrible. I'm yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. watch it. That. It, it is. I would not, I would say like from that perspective, Mel, I think you're, you're dead on. Like it wasn't it, a good advertisement. It's not a great advertisement at the moment for the technology as it, as it sits, but it is a great advertisement for the potential of the technology. So if there was, you know, again, can you do the same thing across the United States? Absolutely. But they're going from the bottom of South America up in places that, that don't have this kind of infrastructure. And they're traveling through like hundreds of miles of desert that, you know, there's not a lot of people out there in Patagonia and all, all kinds of places. And, and so they, they just, they do run into some cold channels. It's, it's worth watching to, to see how they overcome some of these challenges. Like there are the, they, the Rivians were built to, to be able to tow charge. So there are some times where they're having to be pulled by a, a sprinter van to charge the batteries, to make it to their destination. Again, it's not every time it's, you know, some of it was Rivian didn't get the entire like charging network, uh, you know, built, built out as they would have liked to have done it. They, they did their best and, uh, you know. When do we get to the Mars rover point where um, you get your bike and you can just throw out the solar panels during the day and charge it up and you don't need a Rivian, you just need some sun and then you pack it up and you drive for four hours in the evening. Just saying. I'm just saying. The sun's there the whole time. I don't need your infrastructure. I just need a effective solar panel. Mother Sounds like, from what you're saying, Tom, it makes us all appreciate the robustness of the supercharger network. Thank you very much. For sure. But, you know, again, you're, you're not getting to see these, like, very beautiful, remote, 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 seriously remote areas of, of South America that are just are spectacular. And, 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 again, I don't know if they made it. I have no idea. I haven't heard any news stories of Ewan McGregor being dead, so I assume that it, that they were successful in, in their overall. Oh, I'm just pulling it up right now. The news. <laughs> no. Oh, Ewan McGregor overall, dead. And their overall. Oh, South America. Geez. Oh. But it, it shows that the there are. So it didn't work. There are there are challenges to this situation, and um, you know they take most of it. They take most of it in stride. So it's take it for what for what you will. Uh, but thank you, Greg Bocock, for sending us that amazing uh, media pick as the guest of the show. I don't, I don't know what this is. I it's don't, a media guest. Next next time, can you just read the media pick though? I'm done. We're done. We're do, we're two and a half hours in here. Yeah, it's uh, Joel's first show. <laughs> as new host <laughs> and i'm a little embarrassed why oh you should be embarrassed <laughs> what is i don't know why about? but i don't know what he's embarrassed about uh, two hours and change yeah oh yeah. that's right minutes. we can blame joel it's yeah. joel's whole yeah. joel's but i'm looking at his microphone i i got him this microphone and uh <laughs> it's from amazon and it's gigantic it's like the size of his head so if he doesn't sound the best i he's better got sound good problems. with this thing 
on the on the plus side, side no one is ever listening to this part of this show. <laughs> no, <laughs> so we just no. literally say whatever Nobody we gets want. It. If you are still listening to this show and are not a patron supporter, I, I don't I what what it you know who's listening your to the show? Seriously, question the kind your life. of person that is driving from Argentina to <laughs> the United States, because there's <laughs> okay. a lot of time. Yeah, to listen. That's true, like four well, thousand miles. I, I'm a Patreon member. Does that? Do I need to like? Can I stop that now? Is that the, <laughs> it's kind of a weird no. thing, right? You're you paying to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, think I we think... need we need to nominate whoever takes your spot uh-huh. on Patreon. Uh-huh. So this is well, the chance that everybody has out there yeah. who hasn't gotten on Patreon to uh-huh. quickly, as soon as this show drops, quickly, <laughs> all of you, jump on Patreon and just let us know that you're taking Joel's spot. Yeah, and not everybody knows this, but uh, Joel is a Patreon member at the $20,000 a month um, <laughs> level. Okay. So, it's so I'll take be stopping a, that now. <laughs> it, it'll be a few people have to take his place then. Yeah, 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 a couple of people. I don't expect everybody to drop twenty grand a month, but no. Joel did. Joel and, did. Uh, that's going to yeah. go away. And, so, and he got on. on the show. I'm still waiting for Tom to uh, crush his car. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> I, what happened? I to gave that? good I, money for that. We couldn't find a place to crush it, man. <laughs> it got car, crushed. It did get crushed. I want a refund. I want it a got, refund. His uh, car got give crushed. It, send him his money back, man. <laughs> yeah. It got <laughs> Speaking uh, for the last time for Patreon members, I think we should. Um, Mention them at the end of the show. Nobody listens to that part, but every you know when you're f- first a member and you you hear your name, that's always nice. I think that's a great yeah. idea. In fact, I'm going to take the opportunity to thank Benjamin and James on the same day, October 17th, for buying themselves a Tesla using my code. Of course, this is my month. Oh, nice. What and the I can't f- I can't give it up to Joel just yet because it's still my month. Robert that three one. Robert, 3177, get yourself a Tesla or a solar roof and uh, join the joy that we are all living. Yeah. Why and do you keep getting this and I get nothing? What am I saying? <laughs> what racially ridiculous thing am I saying? All of them. What misogynistic yeah. thing? What? Just today even. Just... I don't understand. I have no insight. What is it that I'm saying? You have no insight. Hate me. That is the issue. You have no insight. Like, could no I run insight. for president? What is it that I <laughs> need to do to find the love that is so not here in my empty, dark heart? I don't know. What I, is happening? I think people probably assume that you're good, bro. Upsetting. <laughs> that you're Robert, good because you when, have eight thousand. When do you get a free? Robert's going to get a free flight to Mars before there's I no, get. There's not even anything that is involved in this thing anymore. Like I have, there's nothing left. You you, you get a, a entry in a raffle. Yeah, you <laughs> might win a Model Y or a, yeah, a Roadster. Yeah. I would love that. Oh my! If they me and one point eight million other me, people could be, get a model. I don't Why? ever see. Have you ever seen like a live like raffle winner announcement of this? Is I have any, not. Like, a live to raffle be, winner. It's supposed to be like once a month, right? Somebody wins a wins a car. It's the greatest scam of all time. <laughs> it's not. A, it can't be a scam. It's. I it's, think they have it on a community channel somewhere. They 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 show uh, them picking okay. it up. You think? You think? I think you pull our names out of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you think they? You think they're like uh, not these guys? Oh my god! I would be like, I want a Model Y. Tesla's the worst company ever. Like on the same show, that's literally how that would happen. <laughs> yeah, thanks to everybody who is a Patreon member. 
I really look forward to the 10,000 people at $2 a piece who replaced Joel as Patreon members. Yeah. Who are and no also, don't forget listening. to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, Apple iTunes. I haven't looked to see what the latest ones say. They're probably really funny. We should oh, read them and awesome. laugh at them. They are saying, mm-hmm. they're saying a lot of good things. Uh, <laughs> a lot of good things. Yeah, they're saying we're the biggest. We're the best. A lot of good things. If you like us, give us a good review on your uh, podcast. If you don't like us, send us an email. <laughs> read it on there. Yeah. Will that we? guy's a pro. What he said, he's a pro. <laughs> read it on the air. Hilarious. That would mean we'd have to actually get to letters in two and a half hours, Joel. <laughs> All right. Well, Excellent, Joel's boys. first show is now officially over. In the and camera. I would like to say, for the record... I'm sorry to all the people listening. I'm sorry to Joel. I'm sorry to Tom. I'm sorry to my mother. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a head injury as a small child. There's not too much you can do about that. The fasty slows. Oh, it's and midnight. And look, Joel's Joel. up at midnight. He's at mid. He's got children, a wife. Also, Joel's last show. That's <laughs> <laughs> the last show. Good night, right. boys. Bye, everybody. Good to see, see you. Everybody. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.